You're not good news. It's the walk of the lonely in the dark of the night. It's the face on the shadow got you in your sight. Deep on the corner, the cat with the gun. He needs a victim and you're the Welcome in, welcome all. Here we are last week. We all experienced the rebel yell together. And this week, we're all going to heaven wings style. Cause Can't go to heaven without a pair of wings. Can't go to heaven without a pair of wings. And, of course, we all know that we died from the rebel brown noise. Yeah, but we, we came back like Jesus. That's right. Because wings were a couple of wing nuts. couple of wing nuts. And many people don't know, but... The Detroit Red Wings were named after Wingshauser. It's true. No. During that icky period of, their, of the Red Wings They had existence. to get some reason to get people to come to the arena. Everyone thought Wings was going to be there. Yeah. Sometimes he'd play the organ. Turns out Mickey Redman, huge fan of Wingshauser's career. And, of course, Mickey was the heart and soul of the Red Wings in the 70s. So oh. there you go. Turn, you know, it just happens that way. Keep one. on fighting. He played that on the organ. Keep, he played it with his butt cheeks. It was amazing. Uh, wings can do anything. Wings really can do anything. And I hope everybody, this is a very hard movie to find. It's not very available online. Hard. We you, know we should. Uh, I should probably check. Well, of course, myself being a real Wings fan, I have this on Blu-ray. Yes. But Griff being the poser, the the Wings poser yeah. of our, our group, he did not have it. Yeah, I'm a Wings supposer. Just Wings poser. Wings poser. Yeah. I like Wings supposer, though. It makes no sense. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It, it flows off the tongue it way better. makes no better. sense like not owning a copy of Deadly Force. Yeah, I got to say, uh, I I ran into the wall, and I was like, Murray, you didn't double check if this movie was anywhere available? No, I just assumed. Yeah, I don't have a DVD player. I don't have a Blu-ray player. It's your fault. It is my fault. Uh, it's a Laserdisc player. You don't have this on Laserdisc? I, Murray, it's that's like asking me if uh, I have a I have a couple comic book boxes. Do I have Action Comics number one? Of course I don't. Well, I can't collect them all. I mean, that costs a shit ton try. of money. I should try, but mm. they make like five laser five versions of each Laserdisc movie. So I have not happened on one of the five copies of. You them. know what? I'm glad you brought up scarcity of discs because. The overpricers, vinegar syndrome, Oof. the most 
they got a great ship, but like they think they're selling gold. Right. I'm not paying fucking forty dollars for a DVD. I, I I like I get it. Some of those extras that they added on to yeah, your releases, yeah, yeah. But, I get that. But but other 40, places, Severin doesn't charge that much. Yeah, forty fucking bucks. So I think so. Of course, undefeatable. One of our favorite movies of all time is not available. I guess it 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 is kind of available on bootlegs, like on DVD. But yeah, I yeah. want the I want I want to see it in pristine. I want to see the mad, crazy eyes of Don Iam. Right, Samurai. and you want to hear his interview. Right, and so they released the deluxe version, and they're having a Labor Day sale. I said, "Oh, get it on the Labor Day sale." It was like thirty bucks on the Labor Day sale. It's not the counting, counting shipping and all that shit. Yeah. So I was like, "Fuck!" And, and of course, it's limited. So right. it's probably it's probably already sold out by now. Yeah. And I'm like, "Fuck you guys!" Like, I first of all, I should be getting it for free for what we've done for that movie. We why were... is it? Hey, Joe Corey, why do you get free DVDs? Why are they sending DVDs to us for free? Because we're selling. We got White Fire a Blu-ray release. That was on us. That was all us. That's it. We actually went through that whole collection, and there's so many movies that we need to start up. our own Criterion collection. Oh my god! Well, we curate the Merman uh, collection. Yeah. Holy shit! Now when we. <sighs> When we do the logo of the merman, are you the top or the bottom? Because it's going to be us split in half. You'll be like a centaur kind of thing, you know. One of us will be the top half, and then the other person's legged. I got, I got offensive ankles, so you might have to. You got powerful bottom, so you could say you're. I'll have to work on that. But yeah, this is bullshit. Come on, yeah, come on, people. And I'm glad Make you, it affordable. you brought up how, how how unaffordable some of these Blu-rays and everything are uh, because when we undefeatable, rent- but un- 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 undefeatable <laughs> is unaffordable. <laughs> as they need you. to call it. There, there's the wordplay we've been needing all of our lives. Yeah. Um. So I ran up against the wall. I didn't have a copy of this movie, but we did recently talk to our friend Mike who. Also started to realize the light. Who that, has a man cave that looks just, like a blockbuster. Oh, my God. It's amazing. And he's yeah. and he has been turned on to wings. Yeah, that's what we do. I mean, so I was like, I got to check in. Maybe he's got a copy. And he's like, nope. But I can order it right now. And I was like, no, I don't want you to do that unless you're, you'll let me pay you for it. Because I don't want you just buying it. I already bought it. I was like, oh, okay. I'll throw it up on Plex tomorrow. I was like, uh, okay. So, Mike, thank you so oh, much. Oh, look, he didn't. Are you saying he wasted his money? I mean, I think he got his money's Fuck worth. No. If you are a Wings fan, this is a movie you need to watch. If you've been following us, following Wings, we've done him in a supporting role. We've done him as a villain. We've never got him as a hero. Was well, a star hero. He was a sidekick in the great movie Kateva. Yes, of course, supporting but, role. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we get to see him as a star, and this star shines so fucking bright, his eyes are constantly completely dilated. I don't know what that's about. Yeah, but uh, nobody's perfect. Even though we live in a world where we want everyone to be perfect, yeah, I do have to. Unfortunately, I learned doing some wings wing search, as I call it. Yeah, he did an album in the seventies under the name Wings Living Right. Yeah, it's like this. Yeah, it's like singer songwriter, kind of like. Uh, John Denver, I guess. Sure. Like kind of mellow, mellow, kind of folksy, a little con- bit. vaguely country, but not really country. Like, yeah, folks music. 
And uh, he dedicated it to one Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Oof. So I was looking at the comments, because uh, I, I listened to it on, a little bit on YouTube. A guy was like, I was a Scientologist in the, in Portland in like the 70s. And him and Beck, you know, yep. his dad did a duet. So Wings and Beck's dad wow. were doing a duet at this Scientology center. And he went up to Wings. He was a newbie, this guy. Yeah. Went up to Wings and asked him, could he do astral projection? Because that's one of the things. Yes, one of the powers. And Wings was uncomfortable. He couldn't, because he, he, he couldn't obviously do it, but he wanted to admit he couldn't do it because he'd been in, obviously, in Scientology longer. And so he just changed the subject abruptly. And then the guy was like, I felt kind of like a dick. I put him on the spot. We're not supposed yeah. to do that in Scientology. But I was a noob. I mean, thank God I'm out of it now. You know, he, this guy came out of it, but he's like, yeah, it was it was weird. Man, Scientology has been such a hot to- well, hot topic. It's been talked about so much. The South Park episode really got me interested in. That came out what like twelve years ago or something. Yeah, it was it was as a result of uh, was it as a result of Isaac Hayes turning on them? Yeah. or did it cause Isaac? No, Hayes I to think turn it on? caused Isaac Hayes okay. because apparently Isaac Hayes was a Scientologist. Yeah, and so they did the whole pointing out the ridiculousness of Scientology. And so that started me down the rabbit hole of looking more into Scientology, finding out there's a Scientology center down the street from me. Like, all that weird shit comes together. And it's... I've said I took the test. Yeah. And they said I was normal. I didn't need Scientology. It's amazing. So... Very happy people. I don't know what that says about me. I'm too weird for Scientology. I want you to know that your friends have told you sometimes, like, Murray, why are you so upset? And you're like, what are you talking about? I'm not upset. (laughs) You just have a demeanor. And you sit down and you put those thetans or your, oh, I forget what the paddles are called. The thetans is what it measures. E-meter? It is, I think it is an E-meter. I don't I know I think what it's the, E-meter. Yeah, because it is a meter, yeah. So Kayla is just learning about Scientology. She never really knew anything about it. She's Keep just, her away. She's I don't know. Just, she seems kind of like, inf- I think she get influenced by it. I don't she, want her. Oh, you know what? She read she Dianetics? Wanted, she's been reading Dianetics. She's also been telling me about Battlefield Earth. She's really into that right now. That's a, I kind of... I don't want to do it, but I think that would be interesting for us to do Battlefield Earth. I know, I know, my buddy Dave did it. He read the book too. My mom read the book and, and way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And she and he watched. I think he tried to watch the movie too. And he, yeah. yeah, but that might that might be a really fun. It might be a December when we do sci-fi fantasy movies. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. Yeah. The other thing is we haven't done. We haven't been close to God in a long time. We might need to find. Oh, well, my double jointed wife has been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still having issues with God. Jesus Christ. That was, that was a good Miro poll. Deep cut. Oh, uh, Murray, do you have anything before we start talking about uh, the movie? Yes. I last, speaking of weird shit and weird movies, I watched a very weird movie last night called The Mafu Cage. Have you okay. heard of this? No. Okay. Carol Kane is in it. I don't know if you would ever you would seen anything with Carol Kane in it. Yeah. She, but she specializes in playing weirdos. I like it. She, uh, she did you ever see the '90s Adams Family? Uh, I've seen parts of it. She was Grandmama, the grandmother. Okay. But uh, and she was uh, Andy Kaufman's wife on Taxi too. Lacto's Interesting. Wife. Okay. 
So that's her thing. So this movie is basically she plays. I guess you'd call it now the uh, manic pixie girl. That's the thing they go. Manic Have you heard pixie that? Pixie girl. No. It's basically mentally ill girl. But guys, they're so cute that guys are drawn to them. But they're super mentally ill. Okay. You know, I'm, you probably dated one, just didn't know it at the time because we didn't have a name for it yet. But Maybe. It, it's, it's making the rounds on the, the interwebs. Yeah. I've seen it. But that's what translation borderline personality disorder is basically what. Okay. It is. But she's cute, so you put up with it. Because you're like, eh, I can fix her. Right. Oh, my God. And they think it's adorable. Even though they're severely mentally ill, they think they're adorable. Right. So that's her. So she's, okay, she's this manic pixie girl. It's like that show Dharma and Greg. Yes. Dharma was totally that's it. manic pixie. Okay. Yeah. So uh, she's that, and she's living with her sister. And her sister is an astronomer. And she's burdened with having to deal with her sister, who, of course, I, I have to work on my art. I can't get a job, you know. So she's just always working on her art. At their, this, they inherited this mansion from their father, who was like a like anthropologist or something. He was always in Africa. That always pays well. I I got a little bit of a last gasp vibe off of this movie, really. <laughs> yeah, nice. So, okay, so it starts out, I'm not going to go through the whole movie, but it starts out, she's like, my the Mafu's dead. And you're like, what the fuck's a Mafu? Yeah. And you, they go, so you see uh, the sister, because sister go home from work. She's like, what? Another one? And then you see there's like, they have a, uh, like their living room, there's a adjoining room. They have like a wall of bars. So it looks like a cell. Yeah. And you're not seeing what's in it. You just see them looking down. She's like, oh, not again. And then they're, they, she's dragging out this like body or something in like a carpet. Like you can't see what's in it. Yeah. And then she's like, and then like later on, she's like, I want another Mafu. And she's like, no, you can't have, look what happened to the last one. I want another Mafu. So she locks herself in that cage and starts cutting her arms. Oh, and she's like, stop, stop, stop. All right. And I want to point out, like, the reason why the sister never gets help is because they worship their father. And their, their father's dead. And he was just like, your sister's just eccentric, you know, don't you dare ever have her, like, she's not mentally ill, don't have her committed, so she's been suffering having to fucking deal with her sister her whole life. You know, so she can't, she doesn't have a life, she doesn't have, like, a love life or anything, she's Damn. always has to deal with her sister. Right. So it, so she calls up, she's like, call up Dom, or Don, some 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 guy who's a friend of the, the dad. Yeah, you did say this movie's terrible quality. Terrible, so. yeah, it's on Plex for free. Yeah. But it's it's like came out in like seventy eight, so the picture quality is like I can barely. It's so dark in some spaces. Yeah. I can't even see what's happening. And they also have like this weird codependent, like incestuous relationship, because there's a scene where Sissy is Carol uh, Kane's uh, character's name. She's like giving a hot oil massage to her sister, and she's like naked. It's wow. really weird. It's a very Weird movie. I can't. I'm not gonna say it was a good movie, but it was a weird. I would recommend you seeing it if you like weird movies. Yeah, like Aubrey. I think you would like it. Check it out on Plex. Yeah. But so what happened? What a mafu is is an an ape, any kind of ape, like gorilla, chimpanzee, orangutan, whatever. So the the guy, the friend, brings over an orangutan, and you're like, okay, she's just, so that's why they have that cage, right? And then there's like shackles on the wall and all this shit. So. And it, it, so since she's you know mentally ill, she's loving it. Oh my mafu, I love it. He's so cute. And then after a while, she starts getting sick of it. You know, and she's like, he's not doing what I want him to do. He's bothering me. So so one day, the sister is just like in another room, and she hears the screaming. She runs down. The orangutan and it's and sissy are locked in the cage, and she's beating the shit out of it with a chain. Whoa! And she's like, because she. 
she never she'd never seen it. She just saw the results of like she, it was always like, why are these animals dying all the time? So she didn't really. I think she, back in her mind, she knew her sister was killing them, of course, but she didn't want to admit it. Now she's seeing it. And she's like, she's locked. She can't get in. And she's like, stop, stop. And she's just in a manic state. She's beating the shit, kills the fucking orang. Of course, in real life, an orangutan would murder a woman. Oh, my God. But still, you were going through it. Maybe the orangutan fall, fell for her fog. Maybe. She's it, so adorable. She kind of, there is a little thing. Yeah, he kind of did. Yeah. But yeah, so it's just weird. I'm not, and I'll, if you want to, that's a little taste of it. If you want to see, you know what happens later on. What'd you say it was called again? The Mafu, M A F U. All right. Cage. The Mafu Cage. Yeah. I saw a movie that was way better than it should have been. It was just called Mom. And. It's familiar. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I'll, I don't know how much to spoil because I don't know how much they spoil in the synopsis of the movie, but I think this would be in there. Uh, mom turns into a vampire. Elderly mom. Should be Is it grandma. a serious movie or a comedy? Because there's a lot of comedies about parents turning into vampires and werewolves. You know, it, it builds itself. I'm pretty sure it says that it was a comedy. It took itself very seriously. So it's a dark comedy, you say? No. Okay. It, it was just a weird fucking movie. Uh, it, it was played pretty straight. The, oh. Everybody in the world took everything very seriously. It was very strange, and it was... Go figure. Entertaining. M-O-M. Mom. There it goes. When did it come out? Uh, I believe this was a late 80s, early 90s movie. Okay. Well, so... Look into those movies, people, but... The movie we're talking about today, Deadly Force. And before we talk about it and really sell it, I told you, I told you my phone was going to die before I had to do this stupid <laughs> fucking spot. And now I got to open up my web browser and get this pulled up. We could, up. like a professional uh, podcast, would cut all this out. But no, we're leaving it in. When we're probably going to leave it in. Just looking up. What did we get a banter about while I pull up Chrome? Because this laptop's really slow. It could take us nine days. Well, I mean, you said. Wings did a lot of great eye acting in this movie. He controlled his pupils. Which I, I was maybe that's a Scientology thing. That might be a Scientology thing because uh, we'll be talking about one scene. There's a lot of scenes. You know, we love our scenes, and there's movies we look at, and there's nothing to get stuck on. This might be another killing American style. <laughs> yeah. We might be getting stuck on a lot of scenes, and it frustrates me. What I'm trying to pull up here is. We, of course, see one movie, yeah, and we have our fun with it, and we talk to each other about it, yeah. and we've got the article right here, right now, and by article, this is why I don't get... Hatchet piece? Would you call it that? You could call it a hatchet piece. This is what's yeah. frustrating, is that there's so much content around the shit we do, and everybody gives it 10 to 25 minutes, because that's the perfect length. Sorry, Abra. It isn't. <laughs> it's two and a half hours. Yes. Uh, and they just say, this movie's pretty dumb, but I do like this part. No, break it down. Go full John Madden on this shit. Right, yeah. So here's this motherfucker's response to this movie. There's a lot of garbage. He just fills it out to, you know, fill out some space on his website here. He probably got a free copy of that. He might have. If he got a free copy. He shed on it. Yeah. When you need a hero, he's the man for the job. So I should should I even announce these people? No, don't give them any credit. Good. 
Starring the curly-haired, charisma-free Wink Hauser as... You already lost me. I know. Charisma-free. You can say a lot about Wink Hauser, but charisma-free is... No, no. you can't. From the very first fucking scene when the camera pulls up uh, uh, from the rat wheel gambling (laughs) situation and he dribbles a soccer ball, you're like, holy fuck, who is this man? I love him. All right, all right. Starring the curly-haired, charisma-free Wingshauser is ex-LA cop Stoney Cooper, who returns to the city, LA city, to help an old pal uh, find the killer of his granddaughter, the notorious ex-killer. Not surprisingly, Stoney isn't welcomed home by either one of his colleagues uh, at the LAPD, so this is kind of a synopsis, and leaving no cliché... a strange, uh, or unturned, a strange wife. I don't have my glasses. I'm sorry. Uh, no cliche unturned. And his strange wife also hates his guts. Completely lacking in suspense. No attempt even seems to have been made. And full of routine action sequences, including a rather number of dull car crashes. A rather number of dull car crashes. Number of dull car crashes. A rather number... Of dog car crashes. I don't know that something about that sentence it, it hurts me. Deadly Force more than anything is hampered by its lead character and the film's star. Stony Cooper is a real unpleasant guy. What? I don't get that either. Everybody's charmed by him except the this guy obviously yeah, fucks he's the blue. A he doesn't back the blue. He sucks off the blue. Because yeah. L.A., of course, Stoney does things his own way and right. gets R-E-S-U-L-T-E-S, respect, results. Yes. All right. So um, Cooper is a real unpleasant guy, and Hauser is unable to make us care or root for him to succeed. What movie did he watch? I don't know. Did he, he watch He didn't watch it? Deadly Force. That's right. The movie is further hindered by one of the least interesting bad guys in action movie history, the so-called X-Killer. X-Killer was kind of shitty. I'll give him that. Right, right. Uh, we'll yeah. get into that, obviously. Yeah. You know we will for the next four days. We'll <laughs> yeah. be getting into that. Yeah. Uh, who has no personality to speak of, little dialogue, and too much screen time. I can't agree with those last two lines, though, because I don't think he speaks a word. So I guess that's true. But why does he need to speak? And then also, he doesn't need to be in every scene. First of all, I don't want to spoil anything, but the X-Killer really isn't the main villain. Right, right. I didn't want to spill that either. So that's why I wasn't going to get into that. But But. yeah. So um, little dialogue, too much screen time. Barely got any screen time. He got like a shot here or there shooting on somebody or stabbing somebody. Right. Doing the thing the ex-killer would be doing. Thanks to poor pacing and a dull... Excuse me. Reparative. Repetitive? Nope. Reparative. You know what that word is? No, I didn't know that was a word. He cared so little about this five-second review he wrote that he wrote reparative. Reparative film score, it isn't long before Deadly Force descends into annoyance and aggravation. Before, well, we got to send a copy of our podcast to this guy, and I think you know we'll change some hearts and minds. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got a little badge on his website here that says he's Chuck Norris approved. Fuck that guy. Yeah. All right. 
whatever that even means. Chuck Norris. When Chuck Norris, we have to get Chuck Norris's approval now to talk about action movies. He's got J-Man, Viking Samurai, official Scott Adkins merchandise is advertised on his site. All right, fuck this guy. Enough about this guy, Griff. We need to get into this movie, Deadly Force. So here you go. Here's the trailer. May the deadly force be with you when we see you on the other side of this trailer. Everybody wants a piece of Stoney Cooper. The cons. Go back to your nice big apple. Okay. The cops. The day I took your badge was the last time I ever wanted to see your face. His wife. You just can't walk in here and take over again. You can't do that. You're not super cop anymore. But somewhere in the shadows, the psychopath wants him dead. Deadly Force. Wings Hauser, the star of Vice Squad, is Stoney Cooper. You don't call him in. You turn him loose. You're dead. I don't carry a badge anymore, remember? And as you well know, I deliver. This is real dynamite. And this is a real gun. Who can stop a killer when the law stops short? What do you got so far? Exactly nothing. Do you have any leads? Uh, the guy used the same MO? No, what? sometimes he's just not. Sometimes ice pick strangulation. I didn't say I'd help you on this. When the cops can't and the courts won't, He'll give you justice. Terrific. You can't cool him off. Scare him off. Tear him off. You'll have to kill him off. Because when he goes out for vengeance, he goes all the way. movie that takes you right to the edge and keeps right on going. Deadly Force. When nothing else will do. All right, sunny L.A. And uh, we're hearing the weather. We're hearing the traffic. Did, did you notice the woman set her alarm for 727? It's a weird time to when set it, it to. When the alarm went off, it went, it's 727 on, you know, WKLM. Right. Who? What kind of maniac does that? Someone deserves to die in my eyes. You think so? Maybe she knows. It's going to take me three minutes to stir and hit the thing so it'll be 730. Maybe she was setting for a snooze alarm. She, like, always needs one, like, little three-minute power nap. Do you think it would be a good thing? Because we all know your snooze, when you hit it, it gives you, like, Five, increments by five. Yeah, Would it be good? Would it be good if the snooze button you hit it and it's a random number between ten and thirty minutes or something? <laughs> no, that would, that would be horrible. <laughs> Why? So, but we're getting vital information through this news report. Yeah, it's we're hearing degrees. that it's seventy-one degrees. Santa yeah. Ana winds. Yeah, and we're also learning about the X murderer who marks all his victims with an X. Did he do? 
Oh, we'll get into it in like two minutes. Yeah. But all right. So now we learn that L.A. has been under the onslaught of the ex-murder. 15 murders in nine weeks, but for the past 13 days, no murder. So you know a murder's coming. Right. And you could tell this woman realized she must have been a target because she is confidently waking up at 727 in the morning. She's got her fucking Pee Wee Rube Goldberg system set up to start up some bagels. Her Mr. T cereal. Yep, her Mr. T cereal. (laughs) And uh, she's hitting the shower. She's coming out. She looks like uh, she's looking like a million here, okay? She's having the best day of her life. She confidently walks out. You say she's looking California. But she's probably feeling, she's going to be feeling Minnesota. Oh, my God. The weather is about to drop on her. Uh, Well, that's more than than the weather. Yeah, a little bit more than She's about to drop on the weather. So she confidently goes out to that balcony because apparently her dad's got some serious ass fucking money. She's got beachside property. She's in an apartment building on like the 18th floor, but still. Still counts. Still counts. You look out, you see the fucking ocean. That's awesome. Right. And she just wants to take in some of that ocean. So she's taking it all in, and then we see a gnarled hand up on the doorway. We're like, oh, that must be her lover. Oh, definitely. You know the fucking teens back in the I'm 80s. I'm thinking it's going to be Wings. Like, he's just, hey, babe, I'm back. Right. Wings character with three fingers on one hand. I did, I did not notice that, but you're right. Yeah. Yep. I did not pick it up. Yeah. Yes, a mal- malformed goblin hand is, like, on the doorway, and then he grabs her from behind, covers her mouth, does he slash her throat? He garrotes her throat, so he's got, like, panel wire or whatever, and then he takes, like, un- something. They have said they say later in this movie he'll do it with any instrument he can find. Right. And he just scars out an X on their forehead. So he did. He's cut her. Yeah, he does okay, do it because, every time. Okay, because after he does that, he immediately just throws her off the balcony, and she falls, like, 15 yeah. stories. And so I was like, like, I was wondering, did he, like, go down to the bottom and then... Like, make sure yeah. no one's looking and cut a scarf and X in her. This splattered. dude is not that an X is hard to do blindly, but you could miss. You could have like, you know, the crossing be at the top and the people might think you're somehow like doing a Jesus thing or something. But he gets the X right in the middle. Like he gets the he's, lines. Well, he, Griff, 15 kills. And he's practicing. But after a few 13 days, you know, he might have maybe he's practicing at home and he yeah. did it. Blindly. It's incredible. Yeah. So we're like, all right, we've, now we have a murderer. Now we need our hero. Yeah. Cut to New York City, the mean streets of New York City. How mean? They're playing rat roulette, people. Well, what's that? Well, if you don't have a ball for your roulette wheel, you put a rat on it. Spin the, the wheel, drop the rat. Yeah. The Whatever rat, hole he goes into. Yep, the rat scurries into one of the holes. That either means you win or there's six more weeks of winter. I don't know. But. <laughs> that is how uh, winter works. And uh, But you know who's a master of it? Stonewall Jackson Cooper, a.k.a. our hero, Wings Hauser, Stoney Cooper. Amazing. Like I said, the, the opening of this scene, charisma-free Wings Hauser. Fuck that. The moment you see this man's beautiful bush of hair. That perm. Did you hate his hair? Well, no, no, because Wings is known for his hair. Okay. Because he's, he, you know, I talk about guys that I don't believe play, can play tough people. I wouldn't put Wings in the tough care category. I'd put him in the batshit crazy Mel category. Gibson, yeah. lethal weapon. Oh, my God. You could imagine Wings Hauser as Martin Riggs. Dude, it would have been as good. Yeah. Him and John D. Hart. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Pump the brakes on that one. <laughs> John D. Hart, the Danny Glover role. I'm saying. I, I would. 
If they could have done that. Too old for this shit, Marty. <laughs> Riggs. If they could have done all leather like a police <laughs> alpha. Okay, okay, yeah, you're convincing me. You're convincing me. So, wham, he hits the number. The guy's like, all right, I'll pay up, you know, spin the wheel, make the deal. That's right. And I won't pay tomorrow, I'll pay today. See you on the trail. Hope you have a good time out on the trail. And Jesse's about to put down another bet, gets a page from his beeper. Gotta go, guys. So he takes off. He's got his soccer ball, which the only way you can make a soccer ball enjoyable is dribbling like a basketball. So that's what he's doing. He's got the uh, I don't I didn't recognize what shoes he had there. I'm just gonna say some Nikes, but he had the tube socks. Oh, they were his... fresh. They were white. They were Reeboks. And then yeah, so he's got the fresh white Reeboks. He's got tube socks, sweatpants <laughs> tucked in. That was an interesting look, tucking his sweatpants into his socks. Right. So he. Everything about this is supposed to make me, my skin crawl, but it's wings. Charisma free wings. I was like, I love this man so much. This scene was so good. He gets that phone. He's got, he's got a nice light step in his step. Wait, I forgot what the thing was <laughs> that I was going for there. And he gets that pay phone. And yeah, it's this, this is a common thing I never really thought about in the 80s. When he didn't have an answering machine, everyone had an answering service. Yeah. So he calls up his answering service to hear what's, what, who's been trying to get a hold of him. And right off the bat, the first message is going to be bad for him. So what happens, Murray? Drops that soccer ball. It falls out of his hand because like, he's stunned. It hits <laughs> off his foot, rolls towards the street. <laughs> rolls through a pile of dog shit. Wasn't my dog. <laughs> I've never been in New York. Well, I have been in New York, but not that time. Yeah. Well, I kind of around the time I was there. Maybe it was. <laughs> I think it might have been my dog shit that rolled through. And then right out into the street underneath. It doesn't get run over. It doesn't it just, get run it over. It just runs yeah. under a cab. Right. <laughs> and he somehow, did he? because he has the soccer ball later. Do you, did he travel? With, is it his Wilson? I was going to ask you. Was there you. a bloody palm print on that soccer ball? I it will... was a shit, dog shit palm print. <laughs> okay. I wish we had the laser dispersion because we'd have this answer for you. We might have to sleuth this out later because I was curious about that same thing my second watch through. I was like, yeah. I know this soccer ball turns up again. Is it the same? Or does he love that brand and he just keeps one wherever he may roam? It's his friend, Wilson. He's not home unless his Wilson soccer ball is with him. Yeah. So. so we learned that his wife is on his back about finalizing that divorce. They're strange. She's living in L.A. now. She's got a whole new life. He's in New York. Right. And he also gets a message from an old friend, Sam. Yes. He's like, I need your help, buddy. My granddaughter has been murdered. So he's like, all right, I got to go. My friend calls. But first, got to stop at the bar because this plane's not leaving for a few hours. Right. Now, I thought Stoney just dressed up. I thought he maybe was in a band or something. Because he at this point, he's wearing like a suit jacket, yeah. white collared shirt where he like keeps the top button unbuttoned, of course. suspenders. Yeah. It's a good look. Slacks and cowboy boots. Because you're, so, you're, uh, you're a loose cannon cop, you've got to wear the cowboy boots. Wasn't it black slacks? Yes. Black With slack. tan yeah. cowboy boots. Yeah. So the boots fucking pop. Right. And he, we learned that he's not just a cop. He's a musician. He's right. playing a little piano at the bar, sipping on a little drinky-poo. Oh, yeah. Bartender just keeps setting drinks down. Yeah. He's like, shit, 
You're ordering this many drinks, Tony. You you going somewhere? Oh, uh, yeah, I got to fly out of here. Oh, Philadelphia? No, L.A. And we know, then we learn he's got history in L.A. He lost his L.A. privileges. That's all right. So this is dangerous what he's doing. Billy's like, whoa, you really going to go back there? Friend called. Got to go, man. Got to do it. And that's when another friend calls up. Sal. Maybe and, not so much a friend. Well, yeah, because he's like, tell him I'm not here. He's not here. Oh, no, I got to talk to Stoney. I'm not hanging up. And he's like, Stoney, he's not hanging up. Oh, yeah. I don't talk to him. Give me another bullet. <laughs> he's like, oh. Well, he's not willing to talk to. Oh, no, no, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't throw down the big, big G's yet. Yeah, Sal's like, he's like, Sal, I'm getting on a plane. No, I just need your help for just a couple minutes. How about 20K for 20 minutes? There's a fucking Puerto Rican in my warehouse, and he's going to blow it up. <laughs> a he's, revolutionary Puerto Rican. Puerto in- Rican militant. And he's like, just call the cops. You, the shit I got in this warehouse. Oh, no, no, no. Stoney, I need you. All right. I'll stop by on my way to the airport. Uh Amazing. I do. We you were asking me about it when I was trying to pull up the website there. You said you said he, uh, Wink does a lot of good eye acting in this movie. This is one of the scenes because he is drunk and his eyes are heavy. 20 G turns into a cartoon character. They're flipping over and yeah, everything. They it's suddenly like, it's like, like uh, what do you call it? A jackpot thing. Yep, exactly. Yeah. You, he just imagines all the slot cocaine. Machine. Yeah, slot machine. All yeah. the cocaine he's going to put ding, in his ding, body. Ding, ding, ding. So now we're hopping in. Fucking call this movie boring. I fucking dare you. Who's his driver? Clearly, this is like his driver, too. Yeah, his personal uh, cab driver. It's one of the Golden Girls. It was? Yeah. It was the, the mom, B. Arthur's mom, I remember. And Sophia, no, I think, was her name. Stel Getty. Star of also the Sylvester Stallone classic, Stop. Or, or my, my mom, mom will shoot. shoot. Oh, my God. I've never seen that. Neither have I. Oh, boy. So he hops in. She's like, hey, throws out. Because back in the old days before we had phones, people, we had to carry the pictures of our grandchildren that we loved. So she pulls out this fucking billfold, like flies out like 100 pictures. <laughs> Check out my grandkids. I got 11 now. Jason, why don't they get a good name like Isabella? Or what? It, was, no, it, was like, it was like Ivendor. So it was some weird It was Ivendor, yeah. yeah. I think it was like Idris or Ivendor or something. And so they're just laughing. They're obviously having a good time. Wings is taking his shirt off. And you're like, what is Wings about to do here? And now he's popping out a bulletproof vest. She's like, well, why why are we stopping? You got to get to the airport. You going back to L.A.? You got to pork that wife of yours? You got to show her that hot hog? It's like, no, she's not my ex-wife. It's a strange. She's strange right now. Well, you're not going to get They've any. They've been split up for 18 months, by 18 the way. Months, and he yeah. lives on the opposite side of the country. Yeah. But he's still holding out. Still holding out. Just yeah. time heals all wounds. Right. How can I miss you if you never leave? Yeah. Murray, you always talk about the power of hatred and love. How the two right, yeah. just play an intricate They're dance. one and the same. Exactly. Yeah. So we got to hold out for these guys because that might be the dance that's happening right here. Who hasn't moved to New York to get away from their lover that they... Plan on getting back with very, very soon. So she's driving crazy, and then she finally pulls up to the warehouse where Sal's there. There's a crowd outside. He's like, Sal is like, get this crazy Puerto Rican out of my warehouse. 
So we follow Wings inside. He sneaks in there. He's got his gun, of course. He's got his bulletproof vest. It's an interesting. It, it looked like a factory. It well, did. Maybe it was like a abandoned factory, and he's just using it as a because there are there were like boxes of shit there. There's a lot of shit in here. But yeah. there, he's in this interesting contraption. I don't know, how do you would call it? It's almost, like, it's almost like a cherry picker, but it's on like a track where it goes back and forth. Right, right. Like you would see this in an, uh, a mechanic shop or something, so you could lift something up and move it, crane style, anything. But obviously, it's a heavy piece of machinery, and it just it's on rails, so it can only move. You know, the long ways of the warehouse. And so the guy is literally just riding it around. He has dynamite taped to his body, all over his body. Oh, yeah. And he's yelling out various words in Spanish and English. Puta, pendejo, mericón, all the great Mexican swear words. We all, even if you don't know Spanish, you know the swear words. That's the first thing you ask yeah. someone. If they don't speak a foreign language, how do you say fuck in your language? That's the first thing you ask. Kayla was over when I started this movie this afternoon. And she just said, uh-oh. And I was like, what? And she Jeez. says, that guy just said the F slur in yeah, Spanish. Mericón. Yeah. Oh, uh, you know it, too. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> Everybody. I didn't know that. Puta, pendejo, he gets them all. Yeah. And Wings, he's, he's got to distract them. So he throws something, like a wrench, into yeah. the opposite he direction. He scurries up so we can get on top of the little apparat, like yeah. mechanical apparatus. Throws the wrench, gets the guy's attraction. Saw, I know you're over there. I'm going to get you, you fat fuck. And then Mur uh, Murray, uh, Stoney just crawls his way so carefully, climbs down this little ladder, jumps Fucking puts a gun in the guy's face. Looks like we got a Mexican standoff. A Puerto Rican! And this is the bomb! Well, I'm Italian, German, and French, and this is a real gun. So, yeah, it's tense. And we learn that he's not a fucking Puerto Rican militant. He's just a guy with some pride who Sal fucked his wife, and he feels <laughs> cuckold. Sal, let's describe Sal real quick. This Puerto Rican man, it, it looks like he's in his 30s. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's early 80s, 30s. Uh, so he could be actually like 22. Yeah. Um, Sal is Danny DeVito's height. <laughs> yeah. Bald, silver he looks hair. He's like a guy named Sal. He, does, he really does. Yeah. yeah. And he's obviously a worm. But yeah. I, well, I he's don't, got that money. He's got the money. So I'm like, oh shit, did he pay his wife off to sleep with him or something? So. Puerto Rican militant. I, oh, he's, 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 he's like, I don't know this guy's name. Chico Taco Groucho. It's Antonio is his name. He has a name. I got a name. Yeah. As the song goes. And he's, he's just like, well, let me He's like, is that a Japanese plunger you got? Because those are the most dangerous of all the plungers. Yeah, they're very uh, sensitive. Right. He's like, look, I know it's hard getting cucked. I've never experienced that, but I know I've heard about being cucked. Yeah, it's hard. Hard, but what it'll take? What's it gonna take me to get you to pull out that Japanese plunger? How about I give you two grand? Ten grand. He was like, "Hey, when you negotiate, we learn by the art of the deal. Yeah. You go high." Yeah, L literally a life and death situation. Right. So people might be willing to take that right off the bat. No, no, and Wings is getting. Firmer with that pistol and waving it closer to this guy's face. And he's like, five, five. No. And he cocks it or whatever. Four? And that's that's agreeable to Wings. Because he's taking out of his own 10, 20K he's getting. So he's like, 16K is good good profit for me. So, all right, four. Pulls the plunger. Fucking situation defuse. If there any policemen listening to this, this is how you defuse a situation. Murray. You do put a gun in someone's face, but you don't pull the trigger. 
I just want to go ahead and say, like, the, the, usually our cops, their method is just, I just shoot the bad guy before he gets a chance for trial. All Wings does in this movie is diffuse situations. That's probably why he lost his job. That's probably why he lost his job. He's a tight cannon. He's not a loose cannon. Re for real. Wings doesn't like kill like anybody in this movie. Well, he does later on. Well, yeah, he kills the one guy. Yeah. But well, no, he, he kills some people that might have been innocent, but we'll get to that later. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. you're right about <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> uh, but still, it's like his police work is diffusing situations. He works between the lines to make sure the right thieves are still out there just, you know, being being little n nuisances and not right. murderers. So he gets out. He gets the money from Sal. He rips off four grand, hands it to Antonio. Tells him to get a quesadilla. Yep, tells him to get a quesadilla. <laughs> and jumps in the cab off to the airport. All right, now we're in L.A. We see this very sad sex character. He's this... It's got like a gray-haired Archie Bunker kind of look to him. Yeah, he's just a sad sack old man. And then, You know another thing I loved about this movie? Every time you met a character, he'd be like, Sam! Like, they would say their name. This is one of our pet peeves about doing notes. Yeah. This is how you write a script, people. You constantly, when you refer to somebody, you say their fucking name. Yes. It helps so much. So he's like, Sam! Because he's coming down like an escalator. Oh, oh, hey, hey, uh, Stoney. And then this is fucking his friend that he's here for. You know, right. His granddaughter has been murdered in the beginning of the movie. Right. So the two are just, ha like, uh... Arms over each other's shoulders, walking down the corridor, and then in the foreground we see this police officer turn towards the camera and radio in, look behind him at wings again, and then look back at the camera. So we're like, uh, he's like something's hey, up. Somebody tell Hoxley that Cooper is in town. Did you actually hear that? He does mention Hoxley. Oh, okay. So they're driving, they're just reminiscing. Uh, He's like, oh, my God, who would kill my granddaughter? She was such a beautiful girl. And he's like, times are tough, friend. You know? So we're driving along. They're just, you know, they're going through everything. And then reminiscing, suddenly... we learn that Sam is a reformed criminal, yeah. that Stoney probably reformed. You know, why? Because he defused the situation. Exactly. Literally, everything he, he's like, I owe it all to you and my wife. You helped me get off the path. My wife kept me there. And then after my wife died, Harriet, God bless her soul, uh, you know, my daughter, she was the rock in my life. And now she's gone. Where's my fucking rock, Stoney? I just realized what I did there. Yeah. Isn't that, that What you did, what the screenwriters did. Well, that yeah. Was, that was, that's yeah. called it, metaphors. Excuse people. me. I, I, I didn't mean to take yeah. credit for that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So as they're just driving along, minding the speed limit, they're going like two miles below the speed limit, a car coming the opposite way just cuts them off. Police doing police things. Yes. And, and, and it's, it's Lopez. Once again, we get a name for this guy we never see for the rest of the movie. And this guy had a giant mustache. I yes. remembered him. Right. And he pulls, get out of the car, Stoney. Oh, this again. Pats him down, pulls the gun out. Did he have a gun on the plane? He just had it in his back waistband. The 80s. <laughs> and pre-9-11. Pre yeah, I remember those days. You could just bring a gun on. It was great. Yeah. And Well, he's, he's like, you got an ID for this? Stoney pulls out his laminated constitution, hands it over, mm -hmm. goes, Article 2. <laughs> and then he's like, you got me, you bastard. <laughs> and this is where we meet Hox, Lieutenant Hoxley, or is it? 
now Captain Hoxton. Right. And that's... We've met this guy. This guy was in the famous Buck Rogers Vorvon episode. No shit, that is that guy. Yes, and he was in another movie we did. I never... I've. Never remember this guy, but he's popped up in a lot of shit we've done. I I was like, man, this face is familiar. Yeah, and the I, mustache was even more familiar. Yes, I definitely remember for that Buck Rogers episode. Wow, so, we did that so long yeah, ago. Yeah, was but that I, with Sean? No, that was just us. Oh, Sean Sean told us about how much he enjoyed that episode. Hair metal, Sean. Did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I think so, we were still going to the comic book store back then. It's been then. so long since I've talked to him, I can barely remember. I'm 90% sure we were still going to the store back then, okay. and we did well, that. that. was a pre-COVID fucking yeah. episode. So, we, yeah, we meet. He's like, Lieutenant, it's Captain now, Cooper. Cooper. He's like, oh, well, because like, this guy plays by the rules. Right. He reminds him, I don't know what you're doing back in L.A., but I need to remind you, we do things by the book here. We shoot victims in the face. We are our hands are tied. We cover up crimes. We not we do no knock arrests and warrants and all that bullshit. So he's just like, watch your pews and cues, Stony. And Stony's like, all right, whatever, man. Gets his gun back. Gets his fucking constitution back. Jumps in the car with Sam. He's like, Sam, take me down to the warehouse district. I don't think you want to do that. Cause this is where his wife Eddie lives. That's right. He's like, you give, you got. He's like, it ain't like the old days. You got to give a woman some space. Let them be themselves. Well, I'm a man and I want space. Yes, women want the same right that you have. I've learned this from being married and having a daughter. You should call her first. I'm not calling my wife, Sam. <laughs> Drop me off. <laughs> So they drop him off. She's living in this gigantic studio apartment. Warehouse. Maybe yeah. it was like the original Williamsburg area of L.A., you know, so she got it cheap. Yeah, because she, we learned that she's just a television reporter. They don't get paid shit, like a local news reporter. You know what? I think she's got a side gig because she's got the games for it. Side you know? hustle. I think she's selling just like pin-up pictures of her for like calendars. <laughs> Ten bucks a pop back then. Could be. She's featured on TV constantly. So Stoney not only does not call her first, he walks right in, lets himself in. Just walks right in. And this is we're building up the fact that Stoney is a silent master. Remember the fucking warehouse scene. Silent as a, a fucking mouse. And then this scene. Walks in the door, nobody hears him. Amazing. We see that uh, Eddie is with a man named Diego or... Did he, you said you called him Dayglo. I thought you called him Dago. Did you call him Dayglo? I heard Dayglo. Okay, I heard Dago, which is another racial slur. I, I know that's the offensive one, so well, I thought he uh, tiptoed it. And and it's just weird because he's Hispanic and he's he's giving an Italian slur to this guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dago's Italian. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, but it's just they're just he's just her cameraman. This is there's not a like relationship going on, but he doesn't know this at the time. Yeah, he's like, this is my woman. Right. How dare this guy? But he plays it cool. He doesn't like get threatening. But you know he's a little like he says get a little digs. A little is that digs, is little. that what he played on the piano here? He played for Cucaracha. Yeah. Oh, Cucaracha. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And then like she's like Diego, what do I say about playing my piano? It's not Diego, babe. It's me. I lo I love this because she goes Diego, please do not play with the piano. It reminds me of my. She turns around and sees him, husband. I. Serious. I fucking. This is a really fucking good movie. So I really enjoyed it. Diego's like, 
yikes. I gotta, I'm not getting involved with this shit. So he's like, see you later, Edwina. And he's like, Edwina? Mm-hmm. Because she's going by her like Christian name, Edwina, not just Eddie, what Stoney calls. Her. Right, or Ed. Right, Miss, Mrs. Ed. Mrs. Ed. So he's just like, she's like, what are you doing in town? Like, are you going to sign those papers? Well, I, what, I got to have a reason to see my wife? Yeah, you kind of do. You haven't been, we haven't seen each other in 18 months and you just yeah. walk she's in the She's like, door? I have a new life. I have a career now in L.A. Oh, uh, I sent you a card. All right. <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's great. Do you even know what I'm doing now? Do you know anything about my life right now? You can't just walk in. What are you even here for? I'm dropping in to check on all my enemies. Uh, well, Stoney, I'm not your enemy. And she's like, you're here for that ex-killer case. You want the big reward because there is like a quarter million dollar reward for the right. killer. So she, he assumes and or she, it was because he spots... All the ex-murder stuff. Yeah, she's got the serial killer like court yeah, board out. Yeah, because she's been working the case for right. the TV station. So he's walking. He gravitates over there. He grifts around her evidence right. and everything. Her yarn. Moves shits around. Yeah, know? she's got the yarn laid out, and yeah. he's like, oh, no, you got this all wrong. She literally does have the yarn laid yeah, out. Yeah, right? she does. Right? I'm not talking about that yeah. cliche. Corkboard's everywhere in this. Uh, and she gives him a little tidbit. Well, here's the thing. He never kills anybody in the same way. So the only connection is the X. That's how they know that this guy's a serial killer. He uses a different murder weapon every time, leaves partial prints all the time. Right. And he's like, oh, that's interesting. All right. And she's like, look, I got to go to work. Can you get the fuck out of my apartment? Yeah, get the fuck out of here. I'm not helping you with that. I love how, like, Sam, he leaves. He could have been staying here. Like, he leaves Sam down there. Doesn't even call Sam, let alone calling his wife. He didn't call Sam to let him know, like. Because Sam might be like, you're just in there, going to be in there for five minutes. He could have just stayed there. Oh, yeah, true. If, Ed, if Ed, Eddie was, like, cool with the situation. Right. Uh, yeah, possibly. But still. It was like Sam, Sam, Sam read the room. He knew. Sam wanted him. Like, Sam knew it was going to be easier for Because he knows everything about Stoney. So he knows he's estranged from his wife. He's not assuming he's going to stay with her. So she's asking, like, you're not staying with me. And he's like, oh, no, I'm staying with Sam. I'm doing this for Sam, by the way. I'm doing this all for Sam. His granddaughter. She died. And uh, this it hits a soft spot with Eddie. She admits, like, yeah, I do know. I called Ed as soon as it happened. And, you know, I sent my condolences. And she's like, I do feel bad for Sam. So he knows how to wedge his way in everybody's heart. Because he's got charisma. Wait. He's got charisma, Murray? Yeah. Unlike the two-second well, review. That That's why nobody re- reads that guy's shit. I looked at their YouTube totals. Yeah. Not even half ours. By the way, we're creeping up on a million and almost 3,000 subscribers. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, subscribe, comment, thumbs up. Yeah, more than just where's the movie. But if you do yeah. tell us where's the movie. If you want to be negative, just be creative is all I ask. Oh, my God. Just Everybody, show your, show your fucking math, you know? Show your work. Show your work. So he goes back down to Sam, and he's just about to get into Sam's car. Another car just pulls up, opens the fucking door, door checks him, knocks fucking uh, Stoney into like a dumpster. This giant black man gets out, ripped to the gills. He's got the fucking cut off hoodie sleeves and everything. Just starts working the kidneys. Got wings uh, pressed against a garbage can. 
Kidney, Kidney, rips out his gun, pulls out the bullets, tosses the gun in the trash, throws wings against a wall. Throws him into the window of the, the car, and then there's some goon driving. He's like, Mr. Ashley says, you better beat it. And then I wa- the- he wants you, Mr. Ashley wants you to go back to that big apple you enjoy chewing so much. So then they just throw him in the trash, get in the car, and leave. Sam checks him out. Do you want to puke? Yeah. yeah. No, he says yeah at first, and then he goes, no. <laughs> I don't know what that was either. It was fucking the master actor, it master was, of improvisation, Wings Hauser uh, applying. Doing, I was going to say, it's another craft. wingism, because yeah. he literally just goes, yeah, looks up and realizes where he is and goes, no. By the way, I will have to point out that Sam... He did witness this whole thing. He got out and grabbed a crowbar, a tire iron. So yeah, he was trying <laughs> He was trying to get involved, but the guy pulled the gun on him. Oh. So that's when he stopped. It was he's not going to get shot today. His so who is this Ashley Maynard character? Well, we're going to we're going to learn. No, it was Maynard. It was Maynard? Yeah. Or oh. an IMDb, I don't know. So so well, we're going to learn in this next scene because Fucking after pissing blood, Wings Stoney needs some revenge. So he goes to the to uh, Ashley's um, palatial mansion. Literally in the how they sequence the shots, they get back in the car. Who's that guy? An old friend. I'm gonna get him though. Take me there now. You sure you want to do this? Yep. Take me there now. Night falls. And we're Did you just- notice there were some crazy time issues with this movie because like Wings will be like. Like, yeah, because when he was it was talking to Eddie, he's like, yeah, his granddaughter got killed this morning. And like, what? Like, you flew fucking cross country. It's still daylight. And I mean, I understand they're three hours fucking behind. But yeah. Still. So by the time that she got killed, it would have been at least early afternoon seven, in New York. We knew it was 727. So it was like 747 when she got killed. Oh, you're killed. right. 727. Yeah. So it's 1030 over in New York. He gets the call. He jumps the plane within 20 minutes. Before he has to stop a crazy Middleton Puerto Rican. Yes, I know. 20 yeah. minutes there. Cause he they has told to stop us. at the bar, too. Oh, yeah. He had to stop at the bar. He had to wait for his plane. So check in at least two hours earlier because we, you know, you know. So and then it's a three-hour flight, so that's a or no. Oh, I think so it's a four. Old, yeah, f- at least probably five because you're going diagonal across. It's four hours to get to Seattle from here. Yeah, you're right. So it'd be like five because you're traveling like three thousand miles. Yeah, five. So five hours. So we get there by four five o'clock. <laughs> If we're giving him no, yeah, yeah. this no, I don't know. Maybe that guy's right about this movie because it just throw me off <laughs> not getting this right. Well, Murray, we would have known if he showed his fucking work. So yes, he's at Ashley's place. He sneaks in, jumps like the, the gated community he lives in, jumps over the gate. There's like a koi pond and all this shit. He's walking straight up to the front door, it appears to be, or maybe the back door. Either way, it's a door, and that black guy who pummeled his kidneys steps up. And Wings pulls out that gun that he had emptied the clip on. So you're thinking they're going to like play this game of chicken. But no, the black guy like is like standing back. And then we see Antonio or whatever the guy's name it's is. Little goon. He didn't little have goon. Name. Little goon toothpick guy comes running up behind, grabs Wing from behind. But Wings. When he's prepared. He's ready. He didn't get door checked this time. No, he beats the fuck out of both of these guys. Both of them. And we see him take that black guy and just like slam his <laughs> face on the little koi bridge and everything. So he's knocked these two guys out. 
He's scaling like the side of the building and everything. And I was like, where the fuck even are we? And then he sneaks in through a door. It looked like he was on a roof, but he's. I was getting uh, Amir Shirvan vibes because the inside did not match the outside. Dude, one thousand percent. I'm glad you said it. Oh my god, study these two films together, class. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, and so, fuck. I love a scene that like, say there's no tension. Like they're like, what are we fucking walking into now? I'm so enthralled by this wings journey here. I'm like, what are we walking into? And we're going down this little corridor. This whole hallway, and we're like, where are we fucking going to? And finally, in the foreground that starts to appear, a little old lady sitting at the table, reading a book, and eating a sandwich. I was like, what the fuck yeah. is happening? Yeah. It's like the middle of the night. She's getting a midnight snack. He, she greets them. It's like, oh, who, are you a friend of Ashley's? Yep. This, is, this is his mom, apparently. Yeah. And she's like, she starts rattling. She must have dementia or something, because she just starts rattling off. She warns him. Hey, he's up there, but he's got a friend over. Are you one of his friends? That's his mafu cage over there. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, Wings acting again here because he's got a gun. He almost pulled it on this old lady, and then he starts trying to like kind of like hide it with his hand. It was very. It's great. So he's like, he's like, oh, is, he, is he up there? Yeah, right. And she's like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's up there. And she starts going in about growing up in Albuquerque, and he's going up the stairs. The shot has now changed to him going up the stairs, and she you could still hear her in the background talking about Albuquerque. Right. And now we switch to a, the bedroom, Ashley's bedroom. We see an overweight woman with giant tits just watching porn, eating some popcorn, watching lesbian porn, and enjoying herself. I think it was Marilyn Chambers in the scene. Nice. And she's just enjoying herself. She's... Whatever about like guy walks in with a gun and she's like, hey, she's fucking Ashley um, Maynard Maynard. Of course, she's just like, whatever. This is the life they chose. Maybe we don't know what she sprinkled on that popcorn. (laughs) It was a little cocaine residue. Well, cocaine. Wouldn't that make her a little more amped up? She's on like half a soma here. She's just like, whatever. CBD oil on that. Yeah, there we go. There we go. It's CBD infused garlic and herbs. (laughs) So he's like. She's like, whatever, you know, because he just goes around the bed. Cause Ashley's asleep. He got bored with the lesbian porn. Yeah, she. It's not he, his kink. He likes scat. Yeah, he asks her to wake him up first, and she tries to, and you know, Ashley, get her, shut the fuck up, bitch. And so <laughs> Wings like, okay, tiptoes around wakey, to the wakey, putting a gun in his face. He says something here that I could not figure out. It was like pussy, honey, or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember. And his eyes just light up, Ashley's does, and he is wide awake. It's like, you motherfucker, I told you your L.A. privileges were revoked. It's it's seriously Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck here. Gun in his face, he sees Wings, eyes completely. But why? Because he knows Wings' rap is diffusing situations. Yes. He he actually talks first and doesn't shoot first. That's he right. asks questions first, shoots later. It would be the cop's M.O. to just shoot the guy while he's sleeping. Yeah. And he's just like, he's like, look, like Stony is like, look, I'm going to get this fucking reward. I'll give you half if you just give me three weeks. Just back off. I get this done. I'm back to New York. And then his eyes light up half of that reward. All right. But two weeks. Have we talked about how much money it is? It's, it's, it's a quarter million, I quarter think. Quarter of a million. Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to make sure we said it for the audience. So that's 125,000 people. Uh, in 83? 
Right. Judge, yeah. That's the inflation. That's probably a billion. It's a billion. Each a billion. Each a billion. You yeah. could be the next Elon Musk with that kind of money. Right. You could destroy a social media platform as easily as Elon Musk does. That's right. So he's like, all right, you do that, you motherfucker, but you got two weeks. That is it. And so he like goes, all right, I'll do it. So he goes back around, and then he notices the the porn, he's, and he knows that popcorn. Like, that CBD. I got and another. This had to be another wingism. Yeah, of course it was. And then, and then he just he just grabs some popcorn. He starts watching a little bit of the porn with a fat lady, and then he's like, because it is a lesbian porn. He's like, they're gay. He's like, whatever turns you on, baby. And then he just does his <laughs> classic grind. That's right. <laughs> walks out all right this was an amazing hit the street montage yes this was great i, I got this i got i couldn't I, I was having struggles with everything else but you know exactly what you're watching when you see this scene. right they're hitting the streets they're hounding the pavement they're going to all the sleazy areas of town they're going to all the fucking storefront churches paul kersey is walking out in front of it with the stocking cap on I don't remember if they do that much yet. They're just hitting the payphones at this scene. Right. They're driving around town. Great a bit. fucking payphone acting. Yeah, you get two different uh, montage of hitting the streets. You're thinking yeah. of the second one. The first one, they're just hitting the payphones. It's hailing on them for some reason. <laughs> California has never seen so much water since the days of Zargthas. <laughs> but yeah, this happens to be the Zargtha monsoon. So they're on the payphones all night long, calling all the contacts, calling in favors. All right. Next morning, we see a little Mexican lady. She's probably a maid. She's get, getting on the bus. She misses the bus. It just takes off. She's, Madre de Dios, puta americon. Oh, man. Sits down on a bench. There's some old white guy sitting there next to her. The problem with public transport, even in the 80s, man, you have you if you're relying on a bus in America, you're fucked. Guy, if you, speaking of fucked, this old white guy is sitting on the bench next to her keels over she thinks he's just trying to molest her she can't do anything she's an illegal and then she's like oh my god it's a dead body and then he's got like a hat pulled over his face that falls off big old x on his head and now we're trying to do the algebra as a well intent audience you're starting to try to connect the dots here like okay so that lovely young woman who is having the time of her life living alone by the beach she got killed, and now this old dude in the middle of, like... The poor, barrio. The barrio, as they kept calling it. Thank yeah. you. So, cut to just moments later. The cops arrive. Uh, Eddie arrives with her cameraman, Dayglo. They're trying to talk to the maid, get some info, pump her for some info. But who else is there? A buddy Stoney. Yeah, we don't even see that Stoney's there until... Hexley finally shows up with Lopez, his main goon. Again, I love that we got a name. They say the name loud enough. They say it very clearly. It's a very easy one for Griff to understand. Uh, but you see him always walking around when Hexley's on screen. Stony is like peeking underneath the blanket that they're covering the body with. And then Hoxley slaps his hand. Pulls him aside. He's like, uh, the civilian... Do not cross line is over there, and you will find yourself on that side of the line. You will not be in my town working this case. You have 48 hours, in fact, because I'm going to be putting a warrant out for you. So he, he, he sees that uh, Eddie and Daglo are doing or interviewing, so he'll, he'll get some information from them, from that maid. 
And then he notices uh, somebody. There was a. Gr- I gotta say before we go too far, Hexley gives him a John D. Hart. Hoxley yeah. gives him a John DeHart level walk. Lopez gave him one too when the when they first hit L.A. You're right. You're yeah. right. He did. So yeah. there was obviously John D. Hart saw this movie because he's like, I gotta get that guy from my my movie. That was years later. That yeah, yeah, that's right. That was that was like ten years later, wasn't it? I don't, know. I don't know because it took years for him to make it. Oh, so okay. I think he started in the late '80s and then it finished it up in the like early. 90s. So at least four years, and he saw yeah. them saying "walk," and John DeHart was like, "I love." Yeah, that. he's like great dialogue. He's writing. Great dialogue. He's probably he was probably writing the script as he was watching this. That would make perfect sense. Wings Hauser was the only actor. He it was like, "I need to get that guy." So yeah, he notices somebody. Old buddy Jesus, Zeus. As our buddy uh, Stoney calls him, grabs him by his fucking afro, yanks him out of the crowd. Right. I didn't get this at all the first watch through, but uh, apparently Jesus' thing is pickpocketing. Yeah, so he hangs around crowds. Yes. So anytime you have a good crowd, especially when you're gawking at a murder scene, like people right. are just out of their minds. So cops, any cops listening, this is why you don't kill all the perps because he gets some info out of this guy. A regular cop would have just shot Jesus seeing him steal a fucking, you know, dollar bill out of an old lady's exactly. purse. I feel like we see this in 90% of our cop shows. If you if you talk to the communities and show them, like, I'm not going to arrest you constantly. I'm not going to murder you constantly. Like, we can have a dialogue. I'll try to get, like, the true filth out of your community so you guys can, you know, try to, you know, Better thrive yourselves. here. Yeah. yeah. So he's like... He's like, what's going on? He's like, look, man, this body was dumped. Nobody was killed in the barrio. They left it here because they know because of fucking racial profiling. That's right. And he's like, I mean, he's like, look, man, I'm going to be at the El Casino uh, Lodge, wherever the fuck it is, Friday night. I'll get the info Whoa, you need. Oh, Murray, Murray. So Wings pushes on him. Oh, well, if that's true, because they have a really heated conversation here. And apparently, uh, you know, Wings starts throwing to uh, Jesus. You're going to give me the where, when, what, what, uh, when, and how. I forget how the W's and the where, H what, work. why, and how? Yeah. yeah. He says, you're going to you're gonna fill in all these blanks for me, and we're going to meet up uh, in a couple days here. And Jesus just goes, I think I owe you maybe a favor. And Wings grabs him by the hair again. He's like, a favor? So these two clearly have a lot of history. Yeah. It's beautiful. There's actually layers to this, whatever the fuck your name was. <laughs> Who Don't even say he didn't deserve to have his name said. I know. I, di- I, I didn't. Cut to. This is probably one of the greatest hitting the street montages I've ever seen. This is your favorite one. This yes, is a good because one. Wings is doing things I've never seen in a hitting the street montage. We got Sam and them checking out the fishermen. Like, have they seen anything? Yeah, Sam, Sam's constantly going to old white dudes <laughs> and, like, paying them 10 bucks. There's just, like, a fisherman. Hairs. The brotherhood of the old white dudes. I know. Like, th- you're getting, like... It's almost he- as strong as the sisterhood of the traveling pants. And we know that uh, yeah. Sam was an it's old... It's the brotherhood <laughs> of the dockers. <laughs> <laughs> the traveling doxers. So he Sam's, like, on the wars, basically, where he's... Well, we his- know he's a career criminal. A career- he knows all the deets around I, the dwarfs. This is why I hate people who put 20 minutes and probably less time into their fucking... <laughs> Like review, <laughs> break it down, people. Like the X Pac told me, break it down. Okay. <laughs>
<laughs> so Stony, he's hitting the arcades. There's like some like burnout hippie dude playing. What was it called? I thought it was called Thief Chief. I thought it was called Thief. But you're right. Yeah. It was just they did like yeah. a shadow off it, and yeah. I thought it said Thief Chief because oh. And well, it, it makes sense. A thief would be playing the game Thief. He yeah. Probably he's probably got his initials on the number one spot. That's right. And then fucking Stony just grabs him. Throws him against the wall, starts slapping the shit out of him. And we cut over, and we got Stony by like, a police officer. This is about my ice favorite cream. Scene. Stony and the cop are like at a, at a fucking Baskin Robbins, and they're like, he's like talking while he's got a waffle cone. Where he's like scooping out some ice cream so, out of it. They sequence this so weird too because. He throws the arcade guy off camera. And so you're thinking you're cutting to him roughing up that guy. And when they cut to the other scene, it's him buying ice cream for another officer. Amazing. I loved it. I loved it. I I forget the director's name. I need to look him up. You know who didn't love it? The ex-killer. Because he's... In the the middle of this montage, the ex-killer is committing another murder. We see like there's a ladies room. We're like, oh my God. This guy really is sick. He's actually going into a ladies' room. Is he trans? I, noticed, I don't know. Uh, yeah, really. I noticed that he didn't. Uh. So you're see, telling me that a man with ill intent can just walk into a woman's room and kill somebody? Not in the 80s. That was verboten. Oh, really? Oh, okay. That was the ultimate sin. Oh, okay. So we see the door. It says ladies. And then we put. There was a window into the ladies' room. What was up with that? <laughs> So, it wasn't. It's, it's like it's like at the bottom. It's, it's a woman's bathroom at the bottom of a stairwell. Yeah, and there's a window up on the top of the stairwell. You can look down, into the ladies' room. So clearly, this is some kind of like prostitute. Uh, excuse me, sex worker situation. <laughs> like this has to be a kink bathroom, right? Watching girls pee. Yeah. That All I know is there's a dead woman's body with an X on her head, and this old white guy walks out of it. Yeah, I will agree with the the shitty hack writer. This was a. It's a pretty lame villain. I didn't like him. No, we agree with that. He's a schlubby old guy. I thought it was Sam. It was like he. Did, maybe do you think he was a part of the Brotherhood of the of the Dockers? Because he looked like a guy would be wearing some some tan dockers. The old guy. Yeah. Our, our X. X. Oh, X was definitely uh, part of the traveling dockers. <laughs> uh, the the oh man. There's going to be a, another D word, so it's more uh, whatever that word is. So they're hitting the fucking red light district of L.A. They're all the oh, strip clubs. There. Totally new. Of course, Stoney knows you go to the totally nude strip clubs if you want to get the real details. Yes, and you see it right there on the fucking sign. Who, is, who to- goes to a topless bar? Like that's the, You're wasting your time. You want to hey, see it. If you're going to pay for it, wow. you want to see it all. Murray, Murray. How many strip clubs have you been to? Zero, because I don't want to go to a topless bar. What? There's plenty of full nude strip clubs. You could go. I don't. Do it. I don't. I don't. I don't want to waste my money on it, though. That's. A, I think strip clubs are a waste of money. Exactly. But if I'm want, if I'm, if I'm, if I want to go to one, I'm going total nude. I'm not fucking around. Who goes to a topless bar? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with that shit. Yeah. Well, I know when we make our, our road trip to fucking Portland, you know damn well Aubrey's going to take us to every fucking strip club in Portland. Yeah, so every, I'll, I'll make up for years of we've not got, going. We, we've got a lot of fans on the East Coast or even overseas. Uh, Aubrey has been working. Her life's project has been working out like a map of the stars, map of you know the Portland uh, strip stars. Right, and yeah. so she's got like a whole bus tour of strip clubs that yeah. you could go on. And yeah. I, I don't know if they have the bus yet, but it sounds great. Yeah. It sounds like a good time. Wear your sweatpants. 
bring water. I'll have to buy a pair because I didn't even own a pair of sweatpants. <laughs> so, so all right. So yeah, he's hitting those that the mean streets of L.A. and then fuck. Stony harasses a Hoxley. Dude, no, no, no. I uh, did I say that? You said Stone harasses Ollie. Ollie. Yeah, that's Ollie. Oliver he Ollie. literally is driving down a bridge and goes. Ollie, and then grabs a guy. He's beating the fuck out of a guy in a varsity jacket. I remember that. Yes. So, again, the montage scenes are a fever dream (laughs) because they're so quick. They're so random. He's on a bridge. He he accosts a guy and yells (laughs) Ollie at him. And then the next scene, or no, maybe maybe Ollie was the fucking varsity jacket. He's just in Twin Peaks land now, and he's got a guy in the fucking Twin Peaks varsity jacket slapping a Brad, I think his name was, in Twin Peaks. Look like that guy, just tall. He's like a foot taller than Wings. And Wings is like, I've never booked you, have I, Ollie? Yeah, I think that was Ollie. Okay. It's, oh my, I'm sorry, it's incredible. This movie, Mike, thank you so much. Enjoy this movie, because it is Wings at his finest. But- all that street hitting, they get nothing. They get bupkis. So they got to go to the El Camino to find Jesus. You got to love this, though, because it teaches you a valuable lesson, Murray. It's like just because you put in the effort doesn't mean you always get the rewards immediately. Right. Like you, you have to fucking work. How long was the Zodiac Killer out there? Still is. I don't, they never caught him. Exactly. Think no. of all the Reddit nerds who've poured hours of their days and lives into trying to figure that the one out. yarn wasted. Yeah. <laughs> There's a yard shortage because of the Zodiac Killer. Yeah. So they swing by the El Camino where uh, where Jesus hangs out. They just grab him, they yank him off the street, put him in the back of the car. Yeah, they're lamenting over the fact that the night before they didn't get anything. And he's like, Sam says, we're at zero. And Wings hits him with this inspirational line. We're at zero plus one. Huh? Jesus gets grabbed off the streets, pulled into their car, and he's got info. We learned that the Vic at the bus stop is named Warren, like Stugat. It was Stugat. Stugat. Warren Stugat, and he has been known to frequent a church whore named Maria. This girl does all her hoeing out of a church. Amazing. And, I don't, and from what we saw, it doesn't look like an abandoned church. No, it's well kept. Stained glass is still all there. None of it's been broken out. There's not bars over it. So or they got a lead. But not enough of a lead for Stoney. Uh, Sam. Well, Sam, yeah, Sam's like... Don't like, pay the kid. That's not good enough. <laughs> Sam has a problem with Mexicans, I've learned. I've learned that as yeah. well. And so Stoney Kojak's fucking Jesus just slaps the shit out of him across the face. That was not in the script. That was fucking... You pulled a Friedkin. This is called a Friedkin. When you want to get the best performance out of an actor, you just unexpectedly, out of nowhere... That's why Telly did it so much. Yeah. You just slap him in the face. Right. And as soon as that happens, this kid, he's got a whole new look in his eye. Murray, what have we been talking about this whole episode? Eye acting. Eye acting. Suddenly, this kid's eyes are emoting everything running through his body. I'm in the car... In a car with a man who's a little bit crazy, who's got a fucking hook on me. He could put me away for years and years and years. And he starts, he he only has a little bit more information about it. Do you remember what that information was? I think he just gives was? the location of the church. He gives the location of the church. He mentions, uh, yeah, I think that's all he really has. So they head over to the church where Maria's outside hooking. And she's like, hey, baby. He's like. Hey, we'd like a little little uh, Eiffel Tower job. You into that? She's yeah, like, hundred a hundred bucks. I think is what she yeah. wanted for an oh. Eiffel Tower job, which is 
good money in 1983 for That's an Eiffel Tower. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is that going for now? <sighs> uh, $976.53. <laughs> 976 And 53 cents. And 53 cents. So that's good for a working girl. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, well, let's go up into my, my fuck church. Let's go. Like, And so we're like, wait, maybe there's more to this church than we thought. Because it's got beautiful stained glass windows. This is not an abandoned church. Yeah. Or maybe it was an abandoned church. But Maria, being the good Catholic that she is, is hooking for the Lord. Murray, is this the time to tell people about our new show? Hooking for the Lord? Hooking for the Lord. Uh, the name is still a work in process. Hooking for Jesus. Sex workers for Jesus is supposed to be the appropriate oh, term okay. nowadays. Oh, but, okay. yeah, no, we've got a whole thing going on. I'm taking the term hooking back. You're taking it back? Yes. Okay. So now it's, you know, it's their word now. Yeah. So we're going to be going on a whole fucking American side uh, tour. Netflix is Reality the whole show, thing. yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be renovating old churches and Through the profits of sex work. A sex work, yeah. We're not going to be doing it. Oh, my God, no. No, we'll, we'll be the pimp, basically. <laughs> yeah. We might slap the shit out of you. You might see us uh, in the background of some scenes. And all, we and might all do of a our, few Friedkins. You I, know? I mean, all of our outfits will be Dolomite designs. Of course. Because naturally. Well, yeah. I mean, so that's on. where the first few hundred grand has to go into our, 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 our ensembles. It just makes sense. Well, you got to spend money to make money. The only thing that attracts white women more than true crime is renovation shows. Right. So, so we're putting that together. Just makes sense. And it makes sense because of the strike. Like, you're going to want to watch this because there's going to be no new TV for this whole next year. That's right. So binge watch Sex Working for Jesus? Is, Se- is Sex Working for Jesus? We're workshopping. Yeah, here. yeah. But uh, come on, guys! You even get to see the benefits in your own community. Like we're we're going to be doing one of uh, one of these episodes in Pontiac. You got a couple abandoned churches. Clutch Cargos is an abandoned church. No, not anymore. It's a it's a, a what do you call it? a shelter for battered women? No. Oh, great! Okay, it's got a good started view. out as a church, became a, a music venue, and now it's back to its holy holiness. That's good. Yeah, and we're going to desecrate that by having them fuck people. But for the Lord. But, but they're doing it for the Lord. So uh, she's up for the Eiffel Tower job. And so she's like, well, first, I want you to see my kid. I want to see why I'm doing this. Oh, no, no, no. It, it wasn't first for the kid. It wasn't like, hey, I know I need you to see the inspiration, how I get it up at night. Uh, no, they start. Wings gets out of the car and is walking with her a few steps. They get to the side, you know, on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. And then he goes, so what do you know about surfing? What was his name? Surgeon? I have no idea what you're talking about. The guy. The John. Oh, Warren Stugat. Stugat. There, he immediately asked about Well, while Stugat. they're talking, we see across the street that elderly man who's the killer with, it's, he's got a Pliskin 470, which is, is, is just a revolver with a giant scope on it like Snake Pliskin have. This guy's guns, Jack, watch this movie. He put a scope on everything. He put, 80s was the decade of the scope. He literally, there is a scene where he's got a scope on an Uzi, and he's trying to assassinate a man, more, like, from rooftop, you know, across the street. Amazing. I know they they have a bad reputation for jamming, but can we bring the Uzi back? It's the ultimate fucking, like, action movie weapon. Well, if we had ultimate action movies anymore, I would agree yeah. with that. But everything's so practical now. So he's watching. He's, he's lining up the shot with a scope. 
and then a bus goes in across, and then they're in. They're in the church. That's, that's what – so they start hitting with the facts. Like, we want this, and Maria's freaking out. No, no, he was a great John, and I, ju- I don't – I don't great kill people. John. He played with cash, never food stamps, she says. <laughs> he do- she does. Th- these are the details. Fucking horrible internet review. All he wanted to do was watch me put my panties on and off. That's it. A normal fucking guy. And they're like, all right, we believe you, yeah. And, and she's freaking out. So Wings like, no, 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 don't freak out. Take me up to see your baby. Let's go see your baby, okay? She keeps the baby see- like up in the balcony. Yeah, it was a very weird place for. Well, it was well in they the wanted term. the shot, that beautiful shot of the stained glass. That's this what guy, the this director, knew what he was doing. Yeah. And they're trying. To, she doesn't know anything. All she knows is she just fucks this guy occasionally. He's not right. like a regular. It's just been a couple of times. Right. And like Sam is getting hard. He's like. I'm going to call fucking ice. Yeah. You're never going to see that baby again. Like, yeah. And like fucking Stone is like, no, no, no. Cool. Cool. You know, that's all. All, all they could basically got out of uh, her is that this Warren Stugatz is an all right guy. Pays with cash. Panty freak. So Stoney, he just got that fucking sweet 15000 or no, $16,000 payoff. Yeah. So he's got all kinds of fliff to pay off informants. And he's pay, he's just quickly, hey, Zeus gets 20 here, this guy gets... And so he pulls out 20, 50, who knows? I couldn't tell that, Bill. And stuffs it in the baby's <laughs> yeah. uh, rocker. Right. He's like, get yourself a nice spare pants. And then you do see Maria take it, because the baby doesn't want to spend money, right. and put it in her bra. Like, you're not on the street right now. Put it, like, in your still. Why did you? Anyway. And so they walk away, and they pass by the fucking ex-killer on his way into the church. That's right. And we see, we hear uh, uh, Maria singing a nice lullaby. Maricon pendejo. She's <laughs> using the Mexican swear words. And she's breastfeeding the child. Is that, like, an ICP prayer or something? <laughs> or, uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Whoop whoop! And he just walks up and shoots her in the fucking face. Yeah. Does he kill the? Does he ex the baby too? We never. We never know what. That's the last we ever hear of Maria. I think he teabagged the baby. He took the twenty dollars too. He probably did. So this guy's a fucking piece of shit. So Stone, he's like, you know what? I've had enough today. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go see my wife. We just cut right over there. He's in there dribbling that soccer ball. We, what did we learn from the Brady Bunch? Mom always said, don't play ball in the house. And he's just bouncing shit off the walls. Right. He's, he's got a, all this art and shit in here. And it's tacky. It is, but still. She's yeah. her, it's her life. She, she yeah. had to go to Pier 1. She just fucking moved in her own place. And she just, you know, she went a little overboard. She had the peacock feathers, like, in a fucking, like, thing. And, you know, like <laughs> a, a vase? Cla- yeah, a vase? Yeah. I went to a rich person's house. Like... Northville is a weird town, but like when you get out there, you get into some real rich places. So I was there for an estate sale today, and I'm walking around, and I'm like, okay, they seem like the typical obnoxious Northville rich people. I'm going. In, there's cookbooks everywhere, and we're in the. By basement. the way, I'm glad you brought up cooking yeah. because on our last episode, uh, Robo War, which uh, Abra loved, she commented that. We're living the life of the bear. Yeah. 
which I all I know about the show is about low life cooks. Is yes. all I know it's about. And I'm like thinking, what was it? The pizza talk we were talking about was that? Was it the pizza talk? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. Let I us think, know, uh, bro. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, help that? us out there. I almost made us some fresh freaking chicken tenders. Last I'm week, like, but I'm like, I'm so sick of hearing about cooks. The most overrated profession in 2023 is cook. Is it? Yes. There's so many shows about cooking, so many competition shows about cooking. I'm sick of it. All right. You just make oh. me a sandwich and shut the fuck up, folks. Oh my God. All right. <laughs> okay, so they they cook cookbooks, books. everything, and I'm walking around, and there's a bunch of weird art everywhere. I walk into one closet, and you know all these old people—they always have like a Bill O'Reilly book, and then you start finding all the conservative books. So I was like, okay. So in deep hidden is the Bill O'Reilly books, and I was like, okay, there it is. I get it. And then I'm walking around. This bitch got Noam Chomsky books just out in the open wow. for me to griff around in. She knew exactly the book. And then I was upstairs, Marxist books. I was like, what the fuck? This is like a, I assume a 70-plus-year-old woman with Chomsky and Marxists. And then, the, then, then there was the, Mein Kampf. It was and like- then, oh, my God, this was, the, this was the, 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 the pinnacle, the peak here. Right in the open was a book about you know uh, how to be erotic with your partner or something. And I was there with Kayla, so I pulled it out. And, the Joy of Sex. Not yeah. my wiener, the book. And <laughs> <laughs> I pull it out. Yeah, yeah it is somebody's kink, fucking at estate sales. I'm sure it is. That. Oh, my God, it definitely is. Yeah. And so I pull the book out, and I'm opening up to like look through it. And it's autographed, by the way, by the author. So I was like, maybe I should just buy this because it's autographed by the author. IP freely, yeah. Yeah, IP freely. Yeah. And then I flipped through a few pages because I'm like, we'll find some funny smut shit here in here. And the book is dedicated to the author's mom. An erotic book dedicated to the mom. Well, she wouldn't be there if her mom didn't fuck. Does that make sense? Well, the the person I was at... I assume the person wrote the book when the mom was still alive, I guess. But yeah, maybe not. Maybe she wasn't. But it was interesting. I thought that was weird. That was our halftime show for this episode. Back to the movie. All right. So uh, Eddie's like, because fucking uh, Stoney wants to rekindle this flame with his wife. So he's got some snoo snoo with her. And she's like, no way, buddy. Put your dick back in your sweatpants. I got a, a an interview with a guy named Joshua Adams over at the Canfield Institute. Yeah, she he's dribbling, trying to get her to play one-on-one basketball. She's getting ready. She's tying her curtain tassels around her waist to finish off her little ensemble. And she's like, I got a big date tonight. It's a pre-interview date. That's the biggest date of all. So get the fuck out. You better not be here when I come back. So she leaves. Stoney grabs the cat and is like, you're lucky I got you neutered. And we follow Ed, and she heads over to the Canfield Institute. and it's Where we meet the motivational speaker, Joshua Adams. I get it. This guy's perfectly cast. He had a great voice. You think so? I thought he had this kind of voice. No. Ken, you consider the lobster. Have you cleaned your room today? What? That's uh, Jordan Peterson. Anyway, he's a motivational speaker. And he, he, he's got there's a room full of simps, as you would expect at a motivational speaker thing, a Tony Robbins situation. Exactly. And he's like, you there, the loser. Stand up, please. It's an old man, wispy hair, balding. Big he's got a horseshoe. Oh, b- balding. Like, 
And then he's like, you too, ma'am. Woman stands up. He's like, sir, what is your job? I work in women's shoes. Everybody laughs. Yeah. Why is that funny? Well, what we learn with the scene. He's like, and you, Adam, what do you do? I'm a stenographer. Court stenographer. And he's just like, loser jobs. Well, why are there loser jobs? Because look at you. Look at the way you stand. You stand like a loser. Your, oh, your shoulder's hunched. You need to learn about the power of change. And then they, they now all of a sudden, champ, change, change, change. This is awesome. Change, change, change. Change, 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 change. The guy's already standing up better. His posture gets better. Right, you're right. You you do see it. The guy, the man was haunched over. And he's like, you know, are, are you ashamed of being a shoe salesman? No. Well, then why do you stand like you're ashamed? Power of change. Power of change. The power of change. And like, you, young lady, you're a beautiful woman, but you hide it with all that whorish makeup. <laughs> See? Jordan Peterson. Right. All these life coaches, they're Jordan Peterson. They all are just like. With a sprinkling of Andrew Tate. Oh, my God, of course. And so they're like, they're buying in. But you know, we're buying in some fucking wing, wing ding dong. Yeah, we, we leave that scene after the whole fucking power has changed, champ. We don't need any more of that. We need serenity We now. learned. Eddie is now, she's no longer the wife of a cop. She's her own woman. And she's learning about interior design. Oh, my God. And she heard, she probably on YouTube, there was a video about it, putting your tub in the middle of your living room. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a standalone tub. Was was there... There was no plumbing connected to it, was there? Like this is one thing where you had actually, like, eighteen hundreds, you had to pour a fucking like yeah. bucket of water in. I I want to know everything about this apartment because it is fascinating. Uh, but yeah, I think you're right. I did not notice this detail, but I could watch this scene a hundred <laughs> times, and it's not for the reason you're gonna think it's for, but it doesn't hurt. Uh this scene's amazing. This is what. Did this guy this not make it? For. Did this guy not make it this far in the movie? Maybe uh, no, he didn't. Yeah, I don't think he did. So we're seeing that scope just lining up on wings, having the time of his life in this claw toad club club tub. He's smoking a cigarette. He his probably, head's he leaning back. He probably just back. masturbated because he didn't get laid. So now he's having a cigarette. He does only have like an ounce of water in there. Yeah, you got to... Well, because like you said, there's no plumbing. And he's like, I'm not going to heat up all this. He he heated up one kettle, poured it in, and just got it. And here's the other thing. Just like the bathroom at that women's public bathroom earlier... She doesn't have like fogged windows or she anything. Curtains, yeah, well, she just who knows? She must have moved in. Yeah, or maybe she's an exhibition. No, maybe she's a body double. He says, "I like what you've done with the place." So he's seen the place. It's been eighteen months, so she's been here a long time. She still never put those curtains up. Maybe it's a body double situation where she wants people to watch do, her do, 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 do. I'm glad that's come up again today. So, yeah, we see him lining up that Uzi scope. Uzi scope. Oh, my God. And we see Wings just luxuriating in that fucking puddle of water. Oh, man, my muscles are feeling so relaxed. <laughs> yeah, his ass and dick muscles because that's the only <laughs> thing that would be in the Those water. Are the most important. But it's a beautiful tub. Yeah. And then just unloads on the thing. Fucking Stoney hunkers down in the tub first. Fucking Wings. Wings is like, 
I wouldn't grab to cover myself up if I was in this situation. He just grabs a gun, butt-ass naked. We get some wings buns going on in this scene. Oh, yeah. he He's... Well, no, he does grab his pants, and he's trying to well, hide no, his... No, he's like... He, he's No, he's fucking, like, crawling on the ground. Yeah. Totally naked. Yeah, no, he doesn't we put see, him on. If, if you fucking get the laser disc, you can see a little wingling. Yeah, you do see some of that wingdings. Flopping around a little. That inspired the font, wingdings. And then... Cut to like immediate the, the cut the next cut is he's over in the building across the street busting up, through the the rooftop entrance just wearing his pants yeah and then he's checking the scene and he sees those casings dirty Harry's it he's like okay that's it's just so fascinating watching that scene of him flopping around knocking shit over it just looks so real I love I loved it. Cut back to Eddie interviewing Joshua Adams. He's like, she, he's a Seagal character. She's like, five. there's no records of you from five years previously. You're a mystery. She's blabbing about all the information. For the, yeah, my husband's in town. He's on that ex-murder case. She's just telling all her story. She's like, you know he's more about me detective. than I know about you. Yeah. And he's like, well, I'd hope to get to know you better. Thank Murray for these notes, by the way, because this is when I was just really struggling. I don't know what I'm fighting, but it's my own brain. So it's a vaccine. I got me. The vaccine got me. Talk about it. Oh, boy. All right. So she's like, all right, well, it's getting late. I got to head home. She heads home, finds her place all shot to shit. She's not even... That bothered by she's well, like, she's used to it. She's exhausted by it. Like she has a five-year-old who shits on the walls or something. She's like, "Here we go again." And you just hear a piano being faintly played. <laughs> it's fucking stony. Still like shirtless. Got the fucking. He's got a giant gash, gash on his shoulder. From the, yeah, from glass and everything. Right. Should fucking Jungle Boy should have learned from this movie. You watch Jungle this movie. Boy should learn anything ever. That fucking privilege. And she's like, all right, got to clean this fucking little baby up again. She pulls out a towel. She's she's just dabbing it. Not really doing much of anything. Just dabbing randomly on his body. He's like, could you uh, go rub a little lower? Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God. What the fuck? Again, this is a fucking amazing scene to watch Wings in because she comes over and dabs him real quick. You're barely bleeding. It's no big deal. And he's just like... Taking hard drags off that cigarette, blowing him in the air. His grin is huge. His pupils are dilated as fuck. And he's like, I got this guy scared. He knows I'm on his trail. Uh, well, how many people are out to get you? Probably 20 in L.A. You know, Ed's trying to tell him, no, you're not getting close. You just make a lot of enemies in this town. And he goes, no, only one person wants me dead, and that's Ashley. And this isn't Ashley. Ashley's a coward. And then he just grabs her, kisses her, and then... Well, that's when you get your dab seat you were talking about. Yeah, lower. Oh, lower. lower. I'm not doing this with you. Get out of here. She's, she's liking it. Murray, love and hate. Oil and water. Of course you put the two together because you love the feeling of it spraying out of a hot pan on you. We love it squirting on you. We love it squirting. Speaking of squirting, all right, people. <laughs> Mattingly, can you get bring in the Swedeson scale? That's right, people. That you, you think it's just like a, a metaphor? No, of the sex an actual contraption. I don't know if people could hear you over the Swedeson scale starting. I know, we're starting it up. 
Getting up. We're, tr we're trying to. It takes a little while. Begin calibration, uh, Mattingly. Okay. Okay. All right, I think we're getting there. Hand me, can you hand me a couple of those punch cards, Griff? Of course. All right, I'm putting in the punch cards. All right. The Swedes and Scale is working. Now we are going to break down, probably in my mind, because we know by the law of Swedeson, no scene can be sexier than the Highlander 3 scene. It's, We've learned that from Sweden. Yeah. No, it's the ultimate answer to the ultimate question. It's on a scale of one to Highlander 3. It's exactly. I think we might blow the roof off of this place yeah. with this scene. All right, first off, uh, fuckable music. Can we play a little bit of this fuckable music, Griff? I know you guys probably have to take a couple minutes to wipe off your keyboard if you're listening to this on the computer. Because you get spontaneously ejaculated. Well, their dick would be out. <laughs> wait, wait. Are you insinuating that our, our fans listen at the computer? When they hear I can't imagine what Timberley Stadium looks like. <laughs> it's a mess. <laughs> when uh, they hear the word Swedes and they know to get their dicks out. When they hear that fucking startup. So, I'm going to say it right now. The sexual choreography, the sexual movements off the charts, Griff. They're, they're not fucking on a bed, people. They're fucking on a hammock. Hammock. And not even one of those giant hammocks. This is a pretty intimate hammock. This is the kind of hammock that, uh, who, uh, that uh, Harold Diamond would sleep on. <laughs> he only sleeps on doubles. <laughs> it's amazing, people. You get fucking wings, goes in for a little nipple nuzzle. He, then he fucking, they do some missionary with wings on top, of course. You're just getting a lot of wings, butt just thrusting. Seriously, did this guy get the Griff's mom cut of this movie? Because this scene alone deserves more than, there's no suspense, there's no tension. This sexual scene had so much tension in it because she's like, fuck. 
am I going back to my husband? But this is why she, she's Brian realizing why she always keeps coming, coming back. Yeah, for real. And because he gives what? her the stone bone. Here's the other thing that's happening in Eddie's life and why this is a better place for her now and why she thinks she can match that fucking wings dick energy. She went out and got a career for herself. She's thriving for herself. She's her own person now. And she's realizing I'm not living under wings thumb anymore. I'm my own woman and I'm choosing that fucking hot ass wings dick. The stone bone. The stone bone. 18 it's, months without the stone bone. So you know uh, that she fu- this is incredible because you see it and then he gets that that little slip she's wearing off and she he starts you get in the close up of his tongue around her nipple and oh boy this is a hot scene yeah, I'm a, yeah. me and Murray had to put up the blinder between us so just so we can have a little privacy while we're talking <laughs> about this scene next cut he's thro- on top of her on a hammock on a hammock people you ever tried to fuck on a hammock Murray think about the core muscles you need to yeah. get out I of I saw hammock. them I saw wings fucking buns work buns of steel Jesus Christ as he thrusts into this woman but here's Here's the, the coup de grace. He fucking rolls off with her. Doesn't even pull out. He's still inside her. Rolls nope. off with, and then lands on a pile of like blankets and pillows. Yep. Like nothing happened. Like you know, like he planned it. It's interesting because you talk about the pile of pillows and blankets. Maybe she's tried this before and she knows. There's going to be a fall immediately. We can fall, have a soft landing, Maybe. and just go to it. You, you said she's she's her own woman now. She's finding her way. Maybe, and she knows she's got that weakness for the stone bone. This is the ultimate test, Griff. No man's been able to fuck her on a fucking hammock ever. Oh, my God. Murray, I've been playing all the Baldur's Gate 3. This is an <laughs> athletics check. And she was like, I don't know if you passed that DC check. And, right. oh, my God, he's got the saving throw for days, the saving right. bone for days. Right. And so she's thinking, this guy can't roll over a 10 out of 20. You know, of course, that's the D20 scale. Yeah. And he rolls it nat 20. He fuck. oh, yeah. my God. He gives her the lawful good boning that she's wanting. I don't know if it's lawful good. It might be chaotic good. Well, yeah, that would fit because that yeah. fits him better. You gotta, uh, you gotta know the whole fucking. He's fucking scale her with that. his loose cannon. Oh, <laughs> shit! So without, without even falling out of her, they roll off on top. He gives a little giggle, and then she, like, she's back. She's. I'm gonna ride or die with this motherfucker. She's back. Right, and it's amazing because we. Oh, guys, the transformation that happens between this half of the movie and the next half of the movie is fantastic. It's so good. It's a phoenix being born. Wait, is the phoenix born or is the... Reborn. Reborn. It's the phoenix reborn. Everything is breathing new life into this movie. We've got a whole new fucking set of characters at this point. So I'm going to call it. This scene blows Highlander 3 out the water. You think so? This is an 11 on the Sweden scale. That makes it sound like the Highlander 3 scale is trash. We might have to recalibrate. All I'm saying. We might have to change it to the Merman scale. How about we just have the tier? Or the... the Highlander 3 level tier? I Maybe we just not name it the Tears. Highlander 3. We just name it the S tier for now until we yeah, figure out... Yeah, the Sweden. Yeah. yeah, the Sweden tier! Oh! Uh, we were talking about our own criterion. 
the Sfeetserian. This is the Sfeetserian collection right here for you. Highlander 3 and new friend, Deadly Deadly Force. Force. That's it. I gotta write it down. We gotta yeah. we gotta get people a shirt that says this the Sfeetserian collection. Now most directors, when the next scene would have a cool down scene. Oh my god! And I and when I think about it, this is technically a cool down scene that what we've just been watching. Oh, 100 percent. Because we immediately see a young couple fucking on a, in the on a lawn, like somebody's front lawn. I for a minute I was like, is that wings? Did they're fucking? Is it so <laughs> packed? And I was like, this is going up another fucking point on the scale. Right. But no, it was not them. It's just some it's random the, teens. Yeah, random teens fucking, and an old lady who's getting off her job at the uh, uh, a maid job at a hotel. Like you, fucking little kids, what are you doing? You are disgusting. You stop that fucking right now. You scared the shit out of me, kids. And as soon as they scurry off, X Killer just pops up because. It fits with the 80s. When, when fucking is going on, there's a killer somewhere. That's right. He waits for his music to hit. Stabs her with like an ice pick or something. Yep. Cuts her a fucking head. Next morning, we're at the scene of that crime. Hoxley is there. Eddie is trying to get some details. And he lets her know. He's like, oh, I heard. you talking about action going on here. I heard there's some action going at your place last night. And I'm not talking about you fucking Stoney. I'm talking about somebody shot your place up. Just tell that husband of yours. He's not my husband. I don't give a shit what he is. Tell him as a hu- tell him as a wife. Tell him as a friend. Forty-eight hours. The warrant is being written now. This goddamn hours. glory cop. He just wants to go. Glory cop. He went from a black and white to a gold badge in four months. I call that a guy with fucking moxie. All right. How long did it take you to get your fucking gold badge? Oh, oh, that's not important. So we see that stone dick of his, dick of stone. Ronnie Stoney Cooper, he's got it going on. He's got her. He's got her dick washed. She's in the smoke. So she goes back to uh, the uh, studio where she works. Stoney's there. He's like, "Look, got any new info? Let's go over this shit." Because he's like, and she's like, he's like, "God, what, what are we missing? The victims? There's no connection to these victims." Yeah, no one's figuring out anything about there's this. a different murder weapon every time and he's like that's not how it goes yeah psychos have a pattern that's how they talk to the world we've all watched the netflix true crime specials we know this there, we need to figure this out and he's like maybe this maybe some people were killed just to cover up some other murders they were just collateral damage. And Stoney's really losing himself in this thought when the phone rings. And, you know, uh, Eddie's in her office at this point, and she picks it up. It's Deborah. And they're acting like we're supposed to know who this character is. It's yeah, like I out know. of nowhere this character But at least they out. didn't just say, I need you so bad. I need you. I need you. Hurry up. They at least gave it a name and Eddie's reaction. Yeah, she li- I liked it. Oh, Deborah, how are you doing? So it helps my notes even more, <laughs> you know? And she's like, I don't, I don't like like every fucking movie. No one has time to t- call to tell you I don't have time to talk. Yeah. And she's like, meet me at the Hollywood Pacific Studios. So they go, Stoney and Eddie, get in the car, head over to there. They still head over to the prop department. I guess that's where she wanted them to meet. So they're going through, they're checking out, like the yeah, hey, look at that. You yeah, know? you know, Stoney's or uh, Eddie's having fun with it. She's like, look at all these fucking weird props we could fuck on. She's got fucking total boo boo fuck face on, and Stoney's like, something is not right. My cop intuition is telling me 
There is something evil lurking here. And the director's telling us there is because we see the ex-killer once again. He had, I think he has like an ice pick with a scope on it. I don't know what was that, but the guy loves scopes. That's the one connection he has. And he's just lurking, watching, lining up a shot, but he can't. <laughs> you line it up and then throw it or <laughs> yeah, something like a yeah. dart? <laughs> yes. He's got lawn darts with scopes on it. So we're get, the tension is building. And what do you need? Oh, you there's get? tension in this movie? Yeah. A certain other person led me to believe there's no what? tension. You know what? Well, that person who wrote that had a lot of sexual tension because obviously he's not getting laid. That had to be it. He was jealous as fuck because yeah. he's like, this guy's fucking. Right. And I'm not. Maybe. Was the guy's name Swedson? Maybe he was upset that this had a sex scene that was better than Highlander 3. No, 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 no. Sveetsen is not. He's objectifiable. That's why we launched the Sveetsen scale. Because the Sveetsen eliminates any personal flair to it. It's all objectable. Objective. Objectable is not the word? No, I don't know. No. Objective. All right, so we get a little jump scare where a cat. Why is a fucking cat in the prop room? And she's like, ah, "Hey, we can fuck here too." And then she, does she just, does he? I forget what happens. Is they it, hear a, a, a noise up somewhere, and so they're. Uh, he's. Oh no, the cat's the jump scare that turns because wings had already climbed up on top of like a. Or she climbed up on scaffolding or something. They're like she in was a staircase. Up, They're like, yeah, yeah. She, they were up somewhere, and he gets scared. The killer attacks wings right after that. Yeah, as after this, the cat so, scare. So Eddie gets pushed off the catwalk, and there's like a, a netting that's holding mannequins or something. Yes, but not just mannequins. The body of Deborah is also with an X on her forehead. That's right. So Stony is struggling with with uh, the the killer. The killer knocks him down and just runs away. Yeah, sorry, everybody. This scene was a little messy. Uh, then we get, of course, a car chase. They run after. They have to get in the car. Stoney almost gets after. run over at first. Nice uh, stunt work by Wings. He, like, leaps on the hood. As, as the car drives by, they start, they start to chase. That's right. They're just running around or driving around. Stoney gets a few shots off. Stoney... Eddie reminds him, you're not a fucking cop. You can't just be shooting everywhere. Stoney is behind him driving, shoots a gun off, hits him in the leg somehow. Yes. Okay. All right. Incredible. So we actually see the uh, uh, ex-killer comes up to the place he apparently decided he was going to stop at. Stops at the Canfield Institute. That's right. Leaps a fence. Yep. A wall, and then goes We in. actually see him hopping out. This is how we know we got shot in the leg, apparently, because he does leap out, and he's hobbling on one leg. So they chase, and they drive, they drive like in the wrong way. There's cars coming one way. They're like weaving in. We get a nice shot of, of Wings Hauser's bad stunt double. Oh, they're knocking over artworks and everything, and then they park, and guards for the Art Institute come out with guns. That's interesting. It's not an art institute. It's the Canfield Institute. It's his motivational speaker. Oh, okay. Either way, the Canfield has armed guards here. Yes. Interesting. So Joshua comes out, and he's like, what's going on? He's like, the ex-killer's here. Get everybody inside. Get Eddie inside. So can't, uh, 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 Joshua gets uh, uh, Eddie into his office with yeah. the cold compress on her head. Right. Well, we got Stoney's outside looking for the killer. Right. Ed's taken inside to safety, and yeah, Joshua. Next thing you know, you see X-Killer on a roof. How the fuck did he get on the roof? He's like a cat. 
But That's gotta, why there's all these cats. The cat metaphors are everywhere. And Joshua hears something, so he goes and grabs his gun he keeps in his drawer, and he's like, I hope nobody can hear all these sirens going on in our oh, background. Yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> this isn't the movie. This is real. This is real. So Joshua grabs a gun and goes like, I'm going to go look. This guy might be inside. And he goes out. And then a fucking killer like opens the window and leaps at Eddie. Right. And even before Eddie puts out a scream, Josh is just like, maybe I should turn around. Heads back towards the room. And then the scream, the killer is on top of Eddie from behind and is getting ready to, you know, grow her throat. He's going to stab her. We can't get or stab her. Oh. He had that ice pick with the scope on it. Oh. <laughs> so. He's looking through the scope. That's why it's taking time. Finds the perfect spot on her neck. And then Joshua comes in and shoots him in the head. And then fucking Wings hears the shot. So he runs in. Immediately goes to Eddie to console her. They're, in, they're back in love, Griff. There's no hate anymore. It's all love. That's right. Joshua's like, ah, I, I don't know. I, just, I had to do it. I just saw him attacking her. And I had to shoot him. He's like, all right. You know, I would have done that. I would have defused the situation, but I understand you're a noob. All right, so here's where we have some stories splitting up here, everybody. The scenes, you know, everything's happening at the same time. But we do see there was a, a – Stoney had mentioned, I'll just have Sam go into Hoxley's office and steal the information we yeah, want. He needs all – because they need to get information, like files and shit. On all the people who were killed. Yes. He wants to find the connection. Hoxley obviously is not looking for it. And they're like, why wouldn't Hoxley be working, looking for it? Well, because he's running for office. So his sights are on politicking instead right, of his solving job. a case. And that makes sense. They're just looking for someone to pin the, the, pin the crime on. They don't care who it is. Right. So Hoxley. Or, uh, Sam. Hoxley. We Sam. see Sam dressed in a policeman's uniform. Picks the lock on his. his he even says some shitty ass locks. And then he. Yeah. And he doesn't take the files. He just takes pictures of them. That's right. And then we cut back to the Can- Canfield Institute. Not Cornfield Institute. Not Cor- well, yeah, you just blew that joke. And so uh, Hoxley's there. They got, they're like, all right, case closed. See, this is why there's always partial prints at every murder scene. He's missing two fingers. Case closed, people. And Hoxley's like, I guess you're not getting that reward. I guess I, I guess Ashley's gonna be kind of pissed off at you, isn't he, uh, Sony? Whoa, 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 Murray, pump the brakes there. You're putting out some details, some actual details. You know, not a surface level movie would put in oh, there. That's what, what we you, do. What are you talking about? Partial prints, Ashley. How would Hoxley know about Ashley? He doesn't actually know. We don't know how he knows. He just knows. But we know that gets well, the stone. I'm, I'm assuming he has underworld connections. He's a dirty cop. Yeah. This is mean, he bad, probably works for Ashley. That was a bad time to ice me on. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to build up this movie so much. And you're just like, what? <laughs> well, <sighs> anyway, Stoney and Eddie like get in the car. They're like, let's head back home. And as soon as they fucking get out the driveway... Ashley's fucking there. That's right. Well, as soon as they got back to Ash or Eddie's place, Ashley swerves out and is on their ass. And so they're just drive, they're driving down a bridge, they're shooting at each other and shit. Yeah. And then I don't know if Stoney knew about a warehouse that would be open at this time of night because he just drives into a warehouse, knows that one of the walls is this drywall with no yeah. studs. Just drives through the wall, so he's on the opposite end of the building. 
Yeah, this is a weird scene because Ashley follows him, and apparently, you it's, think it'd be easier for him because Stony made a hole. Right. Instead, he gets scared. <laughs> he hasn't traveled these roads before, and so he freaks out and yanks the wheel. So when he goes to land, he darts to the right, hits a parked car, flips up, <laughs> and you know this from every action movie ever: his car flips and explodes. Yes. Yeah, so Ashley's dead, so he doesn't have to worry about him anymore. Well, he gets to keep that quarter of a million. All right, this is where it got confusing for Griff. All right, this is where all the pieces start falling into place. Right. Part of the pieces. This is where all the detective work comes together, and Columbo's not here to explain it to me, so. (laughs) Fucking, I'm assuming they're at Sam's place, because they're on a a single bed. Oh, no, they show the exterior at Sam's place. All right. So, uh, Stoney... And Sam are lying on a bed together, like eating pizza, looking over the files. Oh, not pizza! They're, they're, oh my God, Murray! I'm sorry. I we're gonna reveal in a minute here that uh, Eddie is also with them, and she brings them a plate of food, citrus, just cut up. Look like there was lemons on this plate. Is Great this an Iron fruit. Eagle special, dude? It might have been. I uh, didn't see it, but what does Sam reach down and grab? Your favorite vegetable <laughs> treat. Celery? Celery. I was like, what the fuck was on that plate? Because it... I it, think it was, it... was it ants on a log? No. There was no logs <laughs> on those log. ants. There were no ants on that log. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that one. So, they're... And then Sam drops the line, lucky I got that all night developing, like, place to get all... They immediately got all this shit developed. Right. And so Wings, of course, is mocking him for all of his pictures. You shouldn't have covered the lens with your thumb on this one. This is just some classic fucking Wings riffing. This is yeah. in the script. He's smoking a cigarette. He's like, you know, Sam's worried about him. Are you having any issues right now? Just a little heartburn. Don't worry about it. Heartburn means celery? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sam's eating the celery. Oh. <laughs> Stoney's having the heartburn. And, well, of course, what's the remedy for heartburn? Whiskey. Yeah, he's, he's like... Forcing it on him. Like, you sure you don't want any? You sure? Try some of this. Come on. Come on. And that's cool. What, you you want to be cool? Yeah. Well, he's peer pressure. He's doing high school peer pressure. That's when Eddie breaks in and says, you know, because we need we need a time, you know, a history on Stony, and she's like, no, 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 he won't drink any of that. This is how he gets when he's getting close. He's in the zone. Yeah, because Stony's like everything fell into place too perfectly. There's no way. That this ex-killer guy was working alone. I have to dig deeper because I need that reward. So they 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 go over all the murder victims and they're like, "What's what's the connection?" He's like, "Well, War- I didn't know this. Warren Stugat was at Soledad, and so was that maid that was watching those kids. Fuck's husband is also at Soledad, and the killer. They learn we learn the killer's name, Glenn Benton. Anybody who uh, is in a '90s death metal will get that joke. But his <laughs> name was Benton." He was a guard at this at Soledad. That's our next lead, Soledad. So they Tomorrow hop on a morning. private plane, yeah. fly out to Soledad, and meet up with the maid's husband, Lester Strand. So the maid that watched the people fuck. Yes. Okay. So he doesn't want to get involved. Right. Immediately walks into like the- Snitches get stitches. Yeah. yeah. He immediately walks into the uh, conversation room or whatever they have there. Lock up, hold up. I don't know. Yeah, what the it's an interrogation called. room. Interrogation room. And he's like, I smell a cop. Looks over How at Stoney. How the fuck does Stoney and Sam get this? How do they 
get this meeting to happen. Stoney's just an ex-cop, and Stan's a criminal. He's right. been in Soledad. Right. I, I don't know, but they do. And so, yeah, Lester, I smell a cop, looks over at Stoney, and Stoney just kind of, like, looks up under, like, a spotlight, Star Trek lighting, and he's like, and I smell a con. And he looks over at Sam, and they both, like, nod at each other with smiles, like, yeah, I'm an ex-con. All right, so this is, this is where we're getting all the answers. We learned that Benton, the killer, was a guard, and he was budding up with a convict, a con man, named Fulton. Fulton was running the fucking show. He was like Serengeti in Penitentiary 3. Thank you. Because he, he conned the warden into this, uh, this self-help uh, system he had. where He's like, I can guarantee I can calm all these criminals down. Just right. let me do my thing. So Fulton was running the show. Oh. But some of the cons... We're getting and and one of the cons was uh, Warren was the the, the uh, barber at the prison, so he knew who Fulton was. We've been hearing about how somebody because we heard it from Eddie is that one of the uh, people murdered was a barber, but right. he never seemed to practice it. it, was, it. Yeah, it was Warren. Yeah, yeah. And so, and so, some cons were getting pissed off at Fulton, so they set him on fire. And so his body got taken out by Benton. Benton was the guard that had his body removed from the prison. And then he quit like the day later, the prison guard job. Right. And so, okay, so who is this Fulton guy? We need to figure out. That's our next lead. Right. And then he, and so Sony has a picture that has like a, a newspaper that has all the victims. Like, do you recognize any of these people? He's like, well, that's my wife. That's Warren Stugatz. That's some other guy. And they were all, you know, so there's a connection now. Right. And then he closes it. And there's a, on the cover, there's a picture of Joshua Adams. And he's like, you recognize this guy? He's like, I don't know who the fuck that guy is. Interesting. Okay. Okay. So then they go to a, a, police, a facial recognition guy, like right. the guy that runs the sketches for a police department. Right. I didn't know how to write this part of the notes up. Yeah, because they have that thing. I don't know what it's called, but it's the thing where they got like different types of eyes, different types of nose, and you layer it yeah. to get a look. It's the overhead projector that we used to have in grade school, right. and they have like the the little linings things with just a little bit of detail on them, so they could just easily layer them up. Right. So they got a picture of Fulton when he was in prison, his mugshot. What was up with that picture? The head was like giant. It did not match because the bald guy. Yeah, the head did not match. It looked like fucking the Star Trek like bad guys with yes, fucking yeah. big heads. And then they made like a composite of that face. And then he's like, "Okay, remove this. Take the beard off. Put some hair on." No, no, big hair, big hair, big hair. It's not big enough. I need a whiff on it. And then they're like, "Add ten years into that, and who who does that look like?" Holds up that newspaper again. Joshua Adams. So he was set on fire. Didn't get any burns on his face. His face, because his face looked the same. Murray, you said this was a connected man in prison. Yeah. And this would how long? So they ago? faked the burning. How long ago was? Ten this? years ago. Ten years ago. So that would have been 1973. Yeah. You know, it hit the market in uh, 1972. The no. Product we base peck jelly off of. What's it called? Muscle jelly. Oh, it's just bad advertisement. Petroleum jelly, not muscle jelly. So that protected him. 
He must have been putting on his face. I mean, if you're going to be a showsman. It is good moisturizer, too. So he probably, I mean, he is a con man, so it's about the looks. Well, you know you have to wear special makeup when you're under a camera and hot lights because he can't. I don't think in 83 we had hair transplants, so he must be wearing a toupee. Yeah, it had to be a toupee. I didn't think we had transplants then either. If they did, they weren't any good. Hair, I don't, hair club for men came out later in the 80s. So, all right. Josh was involved with this. So they go off. They're, they're, they got it. I mean, before they go off to the Canfield Institute, they got stopped for a hot dog. Sam was hungry. Well, yeah. And we've seen this hot dog before. We At least I, based on our memory, I think we've I've seen, seen this hot this dog restaurant. Before. Yeah. From, uh, once again, Body Double. Body Double. In the beginning when, uh, I don't remember the character's name, but he gets some hot dogs for his girlfriend and before he busts in on her getting a hot dog. <laughs> It's the place where the, it looks like the, the house, the, the house, the uh, restaurant's shaped like a hot dog. Yeah, a stand. It's fucking great. I don't know, but they could. I mean, it's possible they had a bunch of those. I don't know. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's probably some L.A. fucking landmark we don't know about. It was a landmark. I doubt it's still there. It could. I don't know. Could still be there. So Sam comes. Sam comes into the picture because Stoney's just drinking a coffee. Sam's got a hot dog. He's like, "Yeah, I called Eddie." She's out some some job out in the cornfields. I don't know what the fuck. You know, he's like, fuck. Eddie's going to be pissed off that we're going to solve the case without her. But she's out in the cornfields. Whatever. Yeah. And Sam, uh, you know, Stoney, he's too busy putting all these pieces together. So he's just going out about business. And then we cut over to where Eddie actually is. Well, no, no, no. Or no, excuse me. Ad, he's like, look, Adams is Fulton, but Fulton's dead, right? I mean... They had a dead body, a burnt body. Yeah, but the person who let him out was Benton, who's working with Adams. So that's the thing. It's got to be. And then fucking uh, Stoney's like, Eureka! It's not Cornfield. It's Canfield. Uh-oh. She's at the fucking Institute. We got to save her. Which he should have known about already because Eddie did tell her, tell him, I'm doing a pre-interview and then I have the interview to do with him. Well, he didn't know right away. He's, he's, that's the problem with their relationship. He's buried in his own work. Yeah, he, he gets lost in cases. He's trying to solve a fucking serial killer case who's been on the loose for... He wants that reward, too. Well... 250K. That's all, that'll buy you a second warehouse apartment. That'll buy you a hot dog stand shaped like a hot dog. Oh, my God. I want that. So they go to the Canfield Institute, sneak in, beats the shit. I loved how over the board wings went and beating the shit out of that one guard. He's like pummeling the fuck out of this guy, stomping on his head, slamming him against fucking walls. Right. I wish they would have uh, aligned this with because Sam's about to pick a lock. If he was just beating the shit out of the guard to busy himself while Sam was picking the lock, that would have been great. But beat the shit out of a guard. Now we're getting into a door. It's and, like some French doors. And yeah. then Sam's like, now's my time to shine. Pulls out his little lockpick thing. He's working. He's like, wow, these are pretty good. Meanwhile, Eddie and uh, jo- Joshua are just doing their interview, talking about shit, you know. Yeah, going in. The conversation starting to take kind of a weird turn because he's saying some shit and Eddie's pushing him on it. And he's like, well, my dear, why would you ever? Why would a nice woman like you who is a traditional woman who just wants to lay down and birth the babies ask a question like that and eddie's he like, makes a metaphor fuck? to like prison and she's like yes. that sounds weird why That's would you use that yeah 
Why would you use that turn of phrase? And so you can see, like, sweat is starting to form. This this interview is getting weird. And that's when we get a nice little comic relief. Crash! All this, like they, as soon as they open the fucking doors, Sam just falls into a pile of chairs, Moxley style. So there's, he lands on some tacks. It's out of control. So that alerts the guard. So they run into the room, pull guns on uh, on Stony, and Stony's like, "Oh, uh, we're just here to pick up Eddie. Eddie, come here, come here, come here. I got something to tell you." And he right. pulls her side and, like, "Yeah, she comes in last because Adam's like, Stony, what are you doing? Yeah, and then Eddie comes in, and then it's she's like, "What the fuck? Are you cock blocking my interview? What the fuck? Like, I need to talk to you for a second. Remember the the other night there was the whole teased up scene. She was getting ready. I'm not fucking. I'm too busy for you tonight. I've got this interview date. So clearly she's thinking that he's thinking." I'm fucking this dude. Uh, he's like, just let me talk to you for a minute. And he's like, we got to get the fuck out of here. That's the fucking killer. What? What are you talking about? He's not. And then all of a sudden, fucking Adams, Josh Adams is like, all right, gigs up. Goons, point guns. So there's guns pointed. There's a, there's a fucking Puerto Rican standoff. There's guns pointed everywhere. Thank you. A uh, fucking Stoney's trying to talk his way out. Come on, like, what? It's all about defusing. He That's doesn't right. want to shoot. So he's like, look, I'm on to you, Fulton. What? I'm Sam Adams. No, you're fucking Fulton. Sam Adams. Sam Adams. He invented beer. So tension's building. Tension's building. And then uh, fucking, while that's going (laughs) on, we see our boy uh, Sam pull the lockpick out his sleeve. Yeah. Puts it in his hand. I, I forget which direction they're going in. Oh, you know what? Joshua starts coming in with the whole... Joshua as... No, we've been calling him Joshua the whole time. Okay. Yeah. Joshua starts coming in with the whole idea of... I'll just... I see that you guys are on to me, but I'll just kill you because you are trespassing. Yeah, I'll just say a jealous husband saw me with his wife. Right. I had to kill him. Well, right. what about Sam? Then Stoney puts out, what about Sam? And he's yeah. like... Oh, an accomplice. And exactly. Sam's like, what the fuck, Stoney? So they're building it up to like, it's going to be easy to kill you guys and wipe my slate clean here. And so they're starting, Sam and Stoney are looking at each other like, oh, fuck, we need to do the, the nice little Puerto Rican revolutionary escape maneuver here. So they both push back on the guys that are restraining them. Sam's using those lockpicks that, that he has and jams it into an electrical Which socket. kill him, but... Yeah. Instead, it kills the lights. <laughs> this is where, okay, as far as the guards know, they're just running security. They don't know Fulton's past. That's not enough for Stoney. He murders these fucking guards. I see what you're saying here. Yeah. yeah. Shoots them. Uh, uh, Joshua grabs uh, Eddie as his hostage and just takes off. Right. And this is where we learn what a psycho he is because he just wants to play cat and mouse games with fucking Stoney. Yes, he is fucking manacle. So Sam not able to move. He got shot in the whole, uh, you know, flurry of moves here. Uh, I thought he broke a hip because he's a fucking elderly man. Or that because he fell hard because he was yeah. trying to get to that socket. Uh, Stone is shot. Well, yeah, they're just like going from room to room because he's just like fucking with them. And then, yes, yeah, Stoney gets shot in the hip. But amazing fucking selling by Wingshauser. Never stops limping. He's Never. constantly selling it. 
This whole last scene. Get to learn this shit, people. Yeah, uh, guy who wrote that article or uh, article that fucking two sentence review. I just got to tell you, these are details that you only notice when you actually put in the fucking work. Wings is selling his ass off in this scene. He's hobbling everywhere. His wife's worried about him. I think the actress was worried. Like, oh, did you actually hurt yourself during these scenes? Because he can, he's not even, oh my God, it's incredible. Fucking, like I said, just cat and mouse. They're just going from room to room. Guards are popping up. Stoney's shooting them. He's literally, uh, he is in uh, Joshua Adams, is literally like stowing Eddie in places, scurrying, scaring Stoney so he shoots, and he's almost shooting Eddie in the face in that one scene. And then Joshua pops out like the devil, pulls her head back. He's like, you almost shot your wife in the yeah, face. Yeah, now they're outside. Yeah, they somehow make it outside. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then... Uh, uh, Was this before or after the tackle inside? It had before. to be. It had to be because they go back in the house. That's yeah, how they, weird this scene yeah. is. Like, this whole ending is. It's hard, but it is really good. So yeah, and then <laughs> and then a guard just pops out. Stony just shoots him, which gets the, then uh, uh, Joshua gets a drop on Stony. Yeah, knocks and, him down, and then he starts toying with him. He's like, "This is fun. I could do this all night," and just shoots in the side of Stony's head, like you know. And then he just runs off to another fucking room in the house. So Stony. Climbs up these staircases. He's walking along here. Still trying to defuse the situation. Still. Trying to reason with this guy. He's like, you're never going to be one of these rich fucking people. They're never going to accept you, Adams. Why don't you just give it up? So Adams walks out with a promo of his own. He's like, I'm changing lives here. And he's walking out alone. So you're like, oh, shit. Is this it? Is he just going to shoot him in the face now? There's no, there's no reason why he shouldn't. And that's when, you know, a guard walks out with Eddie with a gun to her head. All right. This, now, this made no sense. To me. This made no sense. Because, all right, it's a Mexican standoff. Everyone's got a gun pointed at everyone. This is a Mexican standoff or a Puerto Rican standoff? This is a Cuban standoff. It's a Cuban standoff because yeah, you have three sides to it. Yeah, and there were pickles. Yes. And so he sees that they're serious about shooting Eddie. So, all right, this makes no sense. Stoney goes to hand the gun... And then Adams is going to pick up the gun with his gun hand. Yeah. So there are two guns coming together. Yes. Stoney slaps, uses his gun to slap the gun out of uh, Josh's hand, pulls a gun out of his ass. I don't know where this other gun came out of. Well, you, you know what it was? I, I, this is some, I take it back. This director did pull some Amir Shirvan. Uh, yeah. Because when uh, they're breaking, when they first, before they first break into the house, Sam actually says, I'm taking this guy's gun, like one of the guards. So I don't know how Stoney got the gun. Yeah. But he maybe there was a scene we missed where like when after he gets electrocuted, he's like, take this gun. I don't maybe, know. Yeah. But he has another gun, shoots the guard in the face, kills him, and then they start struggling. He shoots he actually gets a shot off on Joshua. Shoots him as in the well, neck, yeah. And just grazes his neck. So now they're struggling at the top of a, uh, a staircase. They go over the side. Adams literally tackles jo or Stoney over the staircase. They both fall. This is a great-looking fucking stunt work here because they fall and they slam on that ground. And if you've ever fallen a great height, even a, a great height being like over seven feet and just landed on your back, 
You know this does not feel very good. Especially after you've been shot in the hip. Especially after you've been so, shot. All this shit. Wings selling the hell out of these injuries. He looks fucked up. Adam's adrenaline going nuts. He's able to get up and run away. Runs to his car. He's like he's a Batman villain at this point. He's he a really, joker. He really is. Eddie comes down the staircase, get, you know, to tend to Stony, and he she's just like, "Hey, let's just go. The cops will figure this one out." They walk out. Some headlights turn on. Well, okay, come on. You can't do. You can't leave that line out there because Stony, of course, is like, "Fuck." You, I'm solving this goddamn case. I'm winning. Okay. Get the fuck out of my way. Like, he's putting the case first. He's really... What's blurring. personal now? Yeah, it's blurring those lines. Like, yeah, I'm in love with you again, but this is the reason why we broke up in the first place is because my job also comes first. So he runs outside. Well, staggers outside. Yeah. Headlights turn on. Cardis plows in them. He slams into a fucking wall. Right. He's like, he's giddy now. He's, <laughs> he's, 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 he's caught whatever fucking Josh has. Right. Shoot, the car, Josh just takes off. He shoots. This must have been a Pinto because he shoots the back of the car. And then the, 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 then the fucking trunk opens and bursts into flames. Right. And then you would think like, oh, no, that's it. No, Joshua turns the car around and is heading back to Wings. I don't even remember how he... Did he the, shoot more at it? No, the car is just engulfed in flames. Hits, unfortunately, there's a jump there. Like, oh. So it sideways jumps, flips over, lands back on its wheels, and then explodes. And then fucking Hoxley and them show up. And Hoxley's like, what the fuck is going on here? I demand some answers. And they're like, Fuck you, Hoxley. Sam, uh, Eddie, and Stoney just stagger away, and they're just thinking about what they're going to do at 250K. They're talking about, I, I love this. They bring it back to the first scene. They're talking about getting quesadillas. Quesadesos. Quesadesos. Of course, Sam says, I don't want none of that ethnic food. <laughs> and none of that Mexican. He hates Mexicans, remember? He hates Mexicans. He's like, I'm going to send that fucking, I'm going to take a run for the border and throw that in the trash. Wow, what a not tense movie. What an uncharismatic fucking star we just talked we didn't, about. We didn't just talk about him for two hours. We just destroyed the Swedes in scale, and this fuckwad is just like, boring, next movie, send me another movie. We're fucking, not, we're Paying for these fucking movies. Yeah. These douchebags are getting them, handing them on a silver platter. Probably. He, I bet that guy has three copies of Undefeatable. Probably. Probably. God damn it. And these are the fucks who write out two fucking paragraphs. And they're like, yeah, that's what people read. And them. just piss on all the hard work all these people did. Yeah. You know what? Stewart's always told us, you guys should just start asking more people to interview, you know, to interview more of these stars. That's how we could get in that fucking circle. But... Hey, but then people start challenging us. Are we being, you know, are we holding punches because holding we punches. interviewed somebody? We're, we're never going to hold punches. These are the movies we do, and we're going to do them the way we do them. Yeah, and, you know, we've been having so much fun talking about our favorites. We're going to do it one more time next week, Griff. One Another, more time? This is a guy I can't believe, well, I can believe, because he does. he's not been in many good movies. No. There's one movie I, that everybody knows and loves that I've been holding out. We'll do it. I've we'll been holding it. out for our buddy London because I know he wants to do it, even though London's a huge pain in the ass. To, he's like hurting a cat to get him on the show. I'm shocked we've had him on three times. Well, 
to but, give him to give him a little slack there. It's like every time you talk to him, you're like, "Yeah, Paul's over here now. Paul's yeah. over there now." He lives a very nomadic life. Yeah, yeah. No, we love Paul. I'm not shitting on him. I'm just saying it's hard to get nail this guy down. Not yeah. just Oz. He does another podcast, which they have a hard time nailing him down. He shows up in the middle of their podcast, <laughs> and I'm not even joking about it. He's like in a car in the middle of their podcast. Yeah. But I've been holding on to that movie for a while. It's a classic. You'll know what it is when I tell you who we're talking about next week. This movie, I got issues with this movie, Griff. This movie, uh, may, and it's been third. It's, probably, it's been over thirty-five years since I've seen it because it disappointed me. Maybe my uh, uh, viewpoint will change as I'm, I'm an older, uh, more mature adult. I don't think so. Yeah. This is, in my opinion, the greatest wrestling heel of all time. In my opinion, the greatest wrestler turned actor of all time. I think I honestly do think he's the best wrestling actor. I will before we even reveal that, I you know, you put me on the mission. You're like, maybe you can find some other things with him in it. Yeah. And I went out and I watched a couple others and there's some dog shit movies, but yeah. man, this guy demands your attention. Yeah, it's, like, it's it's a crime that he got stuck in the movie ghetto while the rock who I mean the rock's good at playing the rock. Yeah, but he's like a superstar now, and this guy who paved the way didn't. I want to give Rock the out a little bit because it's just where movies are nowadays, and the movies that get the Rock because he's such a fucking big star, he's never going to be able to be in an interesting movie. No, he's, he's the modern day Schwarzenegger. He's, he gets by on his charisma. Oh wow, and his that look. makes it even worse that you say that because that's true too. And. Even if we had a Schwarzenegger today, he'd be in dog shit movies. The Rock, you know, he, well, he has been. In, when's the last good movie Schwarzenegger's been in? Right, exactly. I mean, The Rock with The Rock, I don't hate The Rock at all. I think he's good for what he does. He needs his own James Cameron. He needs to find a, he needs his Terminator. He needs to find a good movie. Oh, 100%. He needs to realize, like, I've been in dog shit movies. I'm not solidifying myself. In any kind of movie at all. I don't remember a single fucking rock movie outside of the Doom movie. I don't think I've ever even seen a rock movie. Yeah, I saw the Doom movie. Well, that's pretty bad. Well, I will tell you, I w- my friends were trying to cheer me up because my dad died the day before, and they said, That's how they we'll, cheer you up? We'll go see the well, Doom movie that's something movie worse together. than having your dad die, seeing Doom. We all walked out of that movie, and they said, I'm sorry, that movie was shit. <laughs> Speaking of shit movies, yeah, I, I have issues with this movie, but... It's got a name. People recognize it. It stars. Let's, well, it's, everybody knows who we're talking about anyway. It's Rowdy Roddy Piper in Hell Comes to Frogtown. Also starring Sandal Bergman, who I'm still convinced I could have fucked at that <laughs> fucking Comic-Con. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that next week. Until then, keep it warm.